Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company with coverage of the 21st Annual Firecracker 400 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race. Co-hosts for today's broadcast are Jack Aroot and Barney Hall. Well, good morning, everyone, from Daytona International Speedway. As the field is assembled on pit road, pre-race festivities are going on, and very shortly, 41 of the best Winston Cup drivers in the world will do their thing in the Firecracker 400. And Jackie Root, if today's race does not see the fastest 400-mile stock car race in the history of this track run today, it will be an unusual event. Well, when you take a look at the starting lineup, Arnie Hall, 40th spot, which was tied down by Rick Newsom of York, South Carolina, and the Mars Incorporated Oldsmobile, was set at 182.146 miles per hour in qualifying. Back in 1974, the Purolator Mercury sat on the pole here for the Firecracker 400 with David Pearson at the controls. His pole-winning speed was a scant 180. 80.759 miles per hour so that's a very good indication of the type of competition that we've had and will have here in the firecracker 400 well 41 drivers in the field today and more than half of that field very capable of winning three days of the most intense qualifying in the history of the speedway have shaped today's firecracker 400 field so tight has been the qualifying speeds for the last three days the 40th position in the starting lineup barely squeezed in at just over 182 miles an hour while buddy baker and neil bonnet the two front row spots both set new qualifying marks for the firecracker 400 and a mark that had stood since 1970 and had been held by cale yarborough jackie so many factors will play an important part in today's race heat and humidity certainly will be felt by the drivers and equipment and i think the concern this time for the race is more so than we ever have ever seen it here before of course, there is the question mark as to the weather. It has been so hot here at Daytona, but not necessarily the heat. It's been the humidity factor. The humidity since these competitors came to Daytona has run between 90 and 100 percent throughout the week. But coming here at 10 o'clock this morning when they dropped the green flag, the National Weather Service has forecasted the humidity factor to be approximately 75 to 80 percent. And the weather should be a little bit better than what they've experienced during qualifying. So that could raise some question marks, too, because all of these competitors took a good long last practice session yesterday to set the carburation gearing up for super hot weather and they could have rolled the dice the wrong way if the weather stays the way it is right now outside well there are a lot of things that will play an important part and that is one of the things we'll keep our finger on with our pit reporter this afternoon ned jarrett we'll be checking with him very shortly as festivities continue leading up to the start of the day's firecracker 400 and quite a few things have taken place here. We were talking about the heat and humidity being such a big factor in the field today. But there are a lot of unknown quantities in the field itself, namely many new faces that will be right in the front of the pack. Grant Adcox, who fielded fourth position in the starting grid today. That was a big surprise for a lot of people. Especially for Grant Adcox. I wondered if he thought he would run that fast in qualifying. No, not really. What do you think made the difference? Did you maybe have the button press just a little bit harder than you would have liked to? Just as hard as it go. Did it feel good? Yeah, it really did. Well, when, do you know when you've had a good lap? Because it looked like when you came down here before we knew, it looked like you knew deep down inside that you had cut a good one. Well, when they scare you, you know you're running fast. 
Well, he definitely will not be scared this afternoon, Barney Hall, as they drop the green flag at 10 a.m. just moments from now. He is planked directly behind the Purolator Mercury in that second row on the outside. Flanking him on the inside is Benny Parsons in the Griffin Marine Oldsmobile. And those are two drivers that bear watching as well as the front row. But when you look down this entire starting grid, you can go as far back as 28th position before you can let your voice drop in terms of the chief competitors, the contenders for the Firecracker 400 Victory Lane Laurels this afternoon. Well, there was some unusual qualifying runs here as there has been all season on many of the Winston Cup tracks. Buddy Arrington and Ty Scott, Terry Labonte and Chuck Bowen all surfaced in the top 12 qualifiers. And right back in the middle of the field for the start of the Firecracker today are six drivers who will probably try to link up in a draft and come up through traffic and head for the front. That will be Bobby Allison and Donnie. Bobby will be starting back in 20th position. Ricky Rudd, Joe Milliken, Dale Earnhardt, and Dave Marcus are all right in the middle of the field when the race begins this afternoon. Let's take a look at this starting lineup. Now, they have qualified 40 cars via time trials. The 41st car was added due to the FIA sanction of this Daytona Firecracker 400 due to the fact that United States Auto Club stock car and championship car racing great A.J. Foyt has put his Gilmore Oldsmobile onto the field starting in the fourth row. That was the break that Cecil Gordon of Forest City, North Carolina needed to put his Gordon Racing Oldsmobile shotgun on the field. A scant 177.676 miles per hour would not have found its way into the starting grid, but due to the FIA sanction, an additional starter has been added, and that was a break for Gordon. 20th row finds Rick Newsom of York, South Carolina in the Mars Incorporated Oldsmobile starting in 40th spot, while going 39th is Travis Tiller of Coburn, Virginia in his own Dodge Automobile. Row 19 finds Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama in the Mr. Transmission Chevrolet. And on the inside, a tough week for Dick Brooks of Porterville, California. He will be driving the Subtropic Oldsmobile. 18th row finds the Sunny King Ford and Honda Ford Automobile from the Elmo Langley Stable. And doing the super speedway driving chores this afternoon, North Huntington, Pennsylvania, Tommy Gale starts 36th. 35th on the field is car number 40, D.K. Ulrich of Harrisburg, North Carolina. He'll be driving the United States Army Buick. In 34th position, Jimmy Finger, an Austin, Texas driver, starts the Vitafresh Ferris Chevrolet Sales Buick. 33rd spot is Blackie Wangering from Bloomington, Minnesota in the Wangering Racing Mercury. And then in row 16, in 32nd starting spot, J.D. McDuffie from Sanford, North Carolina, the Bailey Excavating Chevrolet. And 31st on the field, Claude Ballalina of Paris, France in the JMS Racing Oldsmobile, his first start since his accident at Atlanta in March in the Atlanta 500. Row 15, James Hilton. Inman, South Carolina, starts the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet, and in 29th spot, Sandy Satulo from Aaron Lake, Ohio, in the Copper Kettle Marina Buick. Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, has put his Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet in a 28th position on the grid, while going 27th inside of the 14th row is Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia. He'll be driving the Dahlonega Ford Sales Mercury. Gary Ballou, an outstanding short track competitor from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who does it in the dirt and on the asphalt as well, has brought his Tiger Tom Pistone Fast Lane Limited Oldsmobile to post position number 26. And on the inside of the 13th row is Bruce Hill of Union City, Georgia. He'll be driving the Global Heat Exchange Buick. One of the rookies for the 1979 First National City Travelers Checks NASCAR Rookie of the Year Laurels is Joe Milliken of Randleman, North Carolina. He has put his Appliance Wheels Oldsmobile into 24th position. 
then the 1970 winner of this Daytona Firecracker 400. He'll be driving Haas Ellington's Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet, one of the Alabama gang from Hueytown, Alabama, with a disappointing run of 187.048 miles per hour. Donnie Allison will be starting 23rd. 22nd on the field is Dave Marcus of Skyland, North Carolina, in the Shoney's Hudson Transmission Chevrolet, and 21st, far back in the field, the rookie that's been such a sensation on the Winston Cup trail this year, Dale Earnhardt from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Australian Oldsmobile, and there is a story on that this afternoon in the, in the fact that his crew chief may not be in the pits. Let's go to Ned Jarrett for an update on that. Well, well Ned Jarrett is taking care of some business down at the uh, start-finish line at the present time, Barney Hall. We'll be going to Ned Jarrett for that story, but first let's tell you as well the concerns that Dale Earnhardt has starting so far back in the field. Now remember, Earnhardt has got to be considered one of the strong runners on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail. We saw it at Riverside, California, where he put the car on the pole. He's a winner at Bristol International Raceway already. He ran so well at Charlotte, North Carolina, and so well at Texas. Super Speedway seemed to be his forte, but coming from 21st on the grid, what will you have to do in the early going, Dale Earnhardt, in order to be there at the end. You know, you make the wrong move, you get too radical and, and make the wrong move, you get in trouble easy, you know, cars pulling up, they're pulling out to pass other cars and they're not aware of where you're coming if you're coming up on them. And so you got to sort of pick your way, let the cars get a little strung out anyway, not too strung out because you lose the draft of the faster cars, they get away from these other, the other packs. So. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Our turn announcers will be keeping us abreast in the early going of the run to the front by Dale Earnhardt should it transpire. Starting in the 10th row on the outside is the leader of the Alabama gang, a winner of the Daytona 500 one year ago from Hueytown, Alabama, driving the Warner W. Hodgden Bud Moore prepared National Engineering Ford Thunderbird, it's Bobby Allison. Then Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia has brought Junie Dunleavy's Trucksmore Ford into the 19th position on the grid, going 18th outside of row 9 is Al Holbert of Warrington, Pennsylvania, driving the Holbert Chevrolet, and then the King's Inn Resort Motel, Daytona Beach-based Oldsmobile for Roger Hamby of Ferguson, North Carolina, will be starting 17th. In row 8 in 16th position, Richard Childress, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, fields the CRC Chemical Oldsmobile, and 15th position, Harry Gant from Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Race Hill Farms Olds. And in 14th position, Frank Warren from Harrisburg, North Carolina, starts the Native Tan Dodge, and Lenny Pond will start from 12th position from Chester, Virginia, in the Burger King Oldsmobile. Going 12th is Chuck Bowne of Portland, Oregon. He'll be driving the Truckers of America Buick, and 11th on the field and still awaiting the positioning of his car, which it has now been put on the grid, and Richard Petty is walking over for driver introductions. The 1975 and 77 winner of the Firecracker 400 in the STP Oldsmobile from Randleman, North Carolina, King Richard Petty himself. We told you a moment ago there was a story developing it on, on Dale Earnhardt and the fact that his crew chief may not be in the pits this afternoon. For an update, let's go to Ned Jarrett. That is true, Barney. Jake Elder has been taken to the Halifax Hospital here for a checkup. He had some chest and arm pains this morning. Uh, the, I just talked with Rod Osterlin, the owner of that crew, and he said that everything appeared to be okay, but they are keeping him there for a little while for a checkup, and so Rod Osterlin and Roland Wilotica will be crewing that car here today. That's the Dale Earnhardt car number two. Taking a look at the top ten, 
in starting in 10th position on the outside of row five is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas. He's another rookie contender in 1979. He'll be driving the Stratograph Incorporated Chevrolet. And then another surprise qualifier at 190.864 miles per hour from Penargel, Pennsylvania, driving the Harry Hyde prepared Russ Toggs Incorporated Buick. It's Ty Scott. In eighth position will be A.J. Foyt from Houston, Texas, former winner of this event. He won it in 64 and 65. Foyt starts the Gilmore Racing Valvoline Oldsmobile. Starting in seventh position, Buddy Arrington from Martinsville, Virginia, will start the Rossmeyer Dodge. He qualified at 191.120 miles an hour. Super good run for Buddy Arrington. Sixth spot on the field finds Darrell Walter for Franklin, Tennessee in the Gatorade Oldsmobile, and many feel that he is long overdue to win here at Daytona today. Starting fifth, Cale Yarbrough, Timmonsville, South Carolina, the Bush Olds. He won in 67, 68, and 76 in the Firecracker event here at Daytona. Taking a look at the outside of the... Second row, it's Grant Adcox of Chattanooga, Tennessee. We already heard Adcox's comments after he qualified the Adcox Kirby leasing and rental Oldsmobile at 192.046 miles per hour. And Barney Hall, Buddy Baker probably summed it up best yesterday as part of the pre-race festivities when questioned as to the capabilities of drivers like Adcox and Ty Scott. He said, you must remember that people like Grant Adcox have been around for a long time. They maybe have not been running up front, but it's just as tough to run in the back. And now that he has a Waddell Wilson prepared engine, the same engines that sit beneath your pole winner, Buddy Baker's machine. He is looking to be one of the lead contenders, one of the top drafters, and Buddy Baker does not seem too concerned about drafting with him, but he is concerned as to whether he can beat him or not. Taking a look at the inside of that second row, driving the Zoom Zoom, Griffin's Marine Oldsmobile from the MC Anderson Stable, crew chief by David Ift. It's Benny Parsons of Ellerby, North Carolina. He'll be starting in the third spot. Well, the front row has Neil Bonnet, Hueytown, Alabama, on the outside, pure later Mercury car, and he qualified at 192.596 miles an hour. It was a little bit of a shock for them. They didn't figure they'd end up on the front row, but they were just tickled to death to do so. And the front row, of course, Buddy Baker on the pole. Charlotte, North Carolina, the Wynn Incorporated Oldsmobile, Baker's record-shattering speed for the Firecracker race, 193.196 miles an hour. And it's almost hard to fathom the fact that although Buddy Baker has been here for so many years at the Daytona Firecracker, Cracker 400 and the most prestigious automobile race, the Daytona 500. He has sat on the pole. He has led so many laps. He is yet to visit victory lane here. And after the brilliant run throughout winter speed weeks 1979 that all went up in a puff of smoke right after the drop of the green flag of the Daytona 500, I asked Buddy Baker yesterday, I said, does this track owe you one? The fact that you ran so well in February and you still weren't able to grab the brass ring known as a win at Daytona? Well, I don't know about that, but I know one thing. When the green flag drops, I'm going to put 100% into it, and if it's our day, I'll be happy. The voice of Buddy Baker, who will be starting on the pole this afternoon for the Firecracker 400. It is indeed the most impressive field that we have ever seen at Daytona in the history of the Speedway since it started back in 1958 and 59. Hometown favorite Fireball Roberts won the first Firecracker race here back in 1959 and qualified on the pole with a then unheard of speed of 144 miles an hour plus in a Pontiac. And he finished just a few seconds ahead of the late Joe Weatherly before his untimely death. Fireball was to win three of the first of the five firecracker races. And only two drivers, Fireball Roberts and Jack Smith, have been the fastest qualifiers in the winner of this Firecracker 400. So if you're a history buff or if you believe in the law of averages, only two drivers out of 21 
fellows that have sat on the pole have been able to go from the pole to the checkered flag and into victory lane. The fastest 400 was in 1968 when Cale Yarbrough was the winner in a Mercury with an overall speed of 167.247 miles per hour. But Barney, the most unbelievable factor that Patty Lumpkin, our historian, has come up with is that when the green flag dropped on the 1959 Firecracker 400, when the checkered flag fell, the average speed was 48.199 miles per hour slower than what the speed was set in qualifying here for the Firecracker 400 just some 21 years later. That's just unbelievable. That's a geometric progression in speed and in competition for the Winston Cup Grand National Trail. Some good news from Pitt Road, and for that report, let's go to Ned Jarrett. We mentioned a moment ago that J.C. Elder had been taken to the local hospital for a checkup after having some arm and chest pains. We're happy to report that Jake is back in the pit area here now. Apparently okay. He's going to be sitting by in the pits monitoring what is going on. So good news for Jake Elder. Now back to the tower. It's time now for Grandstand Commentary with the editor of National Speed Sport News, Chris Economaki. Grandstand Commentary is brought to you by Goodies Headache Powder. More people are switching to goodies because goodies cost less. And by 2020 Eye Drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. For today's thoughts from the grandstand, here's the Dean of American Motorsports Broadcasters, Chris Economaghi. When Buddy Baker won the pole position for today's Firecracker 400, it marked yet another Grand National lineup with someone other than three-time NASCAR champion Cale Yarborough starting in the number one position. What of the chunky South Carolinian in his 1979 season? Inside third row is another way of symbolizing the frustration that Cale Yarborough was feeling this year. In Sunday's time trial runs, Buddy Baker won the pole with a record 193.196 mile an hour run. And whose record did he break? Cale's, that's whose. Yarborough, who drives Junior Johnson's Bush number 11, usually an Oldsmobile, but to be a Chevy Monte Carlo more often in the second half of the Winston Cup season, says the troubles of the first 16 races that produced no pole positions and only two victories is something we absolutely did not expect. Nagging troubles have plagued the team. Owner Builder Johnson says it's been one little thing after another. At Riverside's road race in California, a cut tire while leading sent Kale to the pits. After coming back and challenging for the lead again, yet another tire was cut, ending his victory chances in that one. Then, of course, there have been five crashes this year. The most famous, of course, the one on the final lap of the Daytona 500 with Donnie Allison. As for the February incident, Yarbrough says, it's something I'll remember, but it isn't something I think about and prefers not to discuss it. And his principal opponent in the February 500 windup, Donnie Allison, is not exactly setting the world on fire either. Too slow, Sunday, to make the top 20 qualifiers. Donnie had to wait until Monday's runs to try again. Cale feels that the second half of the season just has to be better for him. He has high hopes for better showings on the short tracks with the Monte Carlo. But remembering what happened to David Pearson after only a quarter of a season of less than normal performances must be a niggling prospect for Cale Yarborough going into today's race. After all, isn't that David Pearson 
the man without a ride, walking up and down pit road, saying hi to car owners like Junior Johnson? This is Chris Economaki reporting. Grandstand commentary has been brought to you by Goody's Headache Powder. More people are switching to Goody's because Goody's cost less. And by 2020 Eye Drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. The opinions expressed on Grandstand commentary are those of Chris Economaki, and not necessarily those of the Motor Racing Network, International Speedway Corporation, or this radio station. Well, the grid has been cleared of all the superficial personnel, Barney Hall, and we are just moments away from the start of this Firecracker 400. Our position, as is a tradition here at Daytona International Speedway, right next to race control, high atop the start-finish line in this 16-degree bank trioval. From the trioval, which many people say is one of the fastest portions of the racetrack, you go from there all the way down into turn number one at the west end of the speedway, and it's a high-speed ride through turns one and two, and covering the action as they ride the roller coaster out of turn to is Mike Joy. A very gentle transition leading up into the 31 degree, five-story high banking of turns one and two here at this west end of the racetrack. Seen of quite a bit of action in February's Daytona 500. They circle around here. The wind will not be much of a factor this afternoon or just a few brief whiffs of wind running about five miles an hour that should not bother the drivers too much at this end of the racetrack. But coming off of turn one is where things often happen as it's a very sharp drop off that 31-degree banking, you slam down and look directly down the asphalt ribbon, 3,000 feet of back straightaway, where the draft really comes into play here at Daytona International Speedway. Back to you in the tower. And covering the action at the end of that 3,000-foot back stretch is Hal Hamrick. That's right, and we'll uh, look up this 3,000-foot back straightaway at the cars at speeds better than 200 miles per hour as they draft down the back straightaway into the sweeping third and fourth turns. This is where the slingshot action is so important. This is where many races are won or lost as the drivers sort of token and get ready for that position so that they will be out front at the checkered flag. It's also the place where in February, Cale Yarbrough and Donnie Allison locked horns for one of the most controversial last laps in auto racing. The Grand Marshal for this Firecracker 400, Senator Dick Stone, is standing by with Bill France Sr., the president of International Speedway Corporation, as he will be giving the command of fire engines. But before that, let's go quickly to our turn announcer, who will be covering the action at the east end of the speedway as they exit turn number four and head to the trioval, Eli Gold. Well, Jackie, here, of course, there's no particular finesse way to work your way through the turn. It's pretty well sit back, get comfortable, and mash the button down as hard as you can and just ride the roller coaster here, as is the case in turns one and two. Five-degree or five-story high, 31-degree banking in the turns. And, of course, exiting the turn, as you alluded to earlier, possibly the fastest part of the speedway as they come shooting off the banking, head down the short chute, and then begin that slow, sweeping turn back towards the start-finish line. One quick update on the heat factor. As Mike alluded to earlier, there is somewhat of a polite breeze out here in turn number three and four. Nothing really to write home to mother about, but it might just take a bit of an edge off the oppressive heat and humidity we've had here the past few days. Back upstairs. And let's go trackside for the command of fire engines and Senator Dick Stone. The command of fire, 41 Winston Cup Grand National Cars, has been given by Senator Dick Stone standing by on pit road to give us the action and the heart the heart rendering feeling as these cars roll past him is two-time winston cup grand national competitor ned jaren they're ready to go jackie the engines have been fired as the fans could hear in the background 
the NASCAR officials are holding up two fingers as the cars get ready to roll down pit road. That means that they'll be taking two pace laps before the green flag falls. The heat is definitely going to be a problem here today for the drivers. I talked with Cale Yarborough late yesterday afternoon, and he said, I don't know if we can stand it or not. I said, Cale, is it that different than we've seen in the past? He said, the big difference is we're having to drive harder because of the speeds we're running today and because of the competition that we see. So Buddy Baker now and Neil Bonnet rolling off their pit grid here and getting ready to go out on this two and a half mile track. You can hear the cars, the drivers wave to the officials and to their crew members as they go down the pit road and get ready for this onslaught for over $200,000. And here's where Barney Hall butterflies become bullets inside these driver's stomachs as you prepare to go at some 195 miles per hour around this two and a half mile super speedway. The feeling lasts for only a few seconds. The moment they get up onto the banking of the track, they kind of settle down a little bit on the two pace laps. And once that green flag falls, it's get your best toe hold and hang on for some 400 miles of the fastest excitement in the world here at Daytona International speedway field going off pit road about to climb up into the banking down in turn one we pause now for station identification as the field continues to pour out of the speedway they're down on the apron of the track most of the cars right down on the bottom of the speedway as they head Mark. down to the west end of the speedway ned jarrett there's one car that has failed to fire they're working on this james hilton's palatine Al automotive car number 48 we're heading in that direction right now to see what the problem is that is a brand new car that they have brought to daytona the first time in competition for this new chevrolet caprice of james hilton and we'll keep you updated on that as ned jarrett makes his way to the machine right now meanwhile the field heads down into the west end of the speedway they're just moving out of turn number two in front of mike joy everyone down on the track apron barney using this lap to warm things up gear oil oil in the motor water fluids Get everything up to operating temperature to give the motors a chance to warm up and the drivers a brief chance to cool down. They're in the backstretch. Down this backstretch, Buddy Baker's staying way low as they follow the pace car into this uh, third turn. The cars uh, sort of spread out right now. They'll be bunched a little later on as they anticipate that flag. Pal, let me interrupt you for a second. James, is there anything wrong? Uh, they had the air pressure up too high and they just discovered it and they're letting the air down. No big problem. Hey, that's James Hilton, the air pressure needing adjusting on that 48. He's ready to go now. So Hilton's car has fired on pit road and getting ready to move into the tail end of the field and take his position as they get ready for a start of the Firecracker 400. And just a visitor in our booth just walked in for a split second. It's David Pearson, Spartanburg, South Carolina, the defending champion for this Firecracker 400, not in the field today. And David, as you look at the cars coming out of that fourth turn, what are your feelings about not being out there? Well, Barney, I just walked up. Of course, uh, you know, I guess coach is and everything else would kind of get all over me and I was wishing I was out there. They're so coming down, and you've, you've been here since, I think, last Friday and probably had a chance, and I know you've been out a couple of times visiting in the garage area. Who would you pick to win today just before they drop the green? You know, that's hard to say. Of course, uh, any time that you got the feels that you, like you have right here today, and uh, as many times as I've run here and it comes down right down to the end with the Richard Petty, I guess I'd have to go with him. Have you ever seen racing? You... you was running through Darlington this year, so you've run against these guys. But this year, the competition has to be as good or better than it was in the factory days. It is. In fact, uh, I guess, you know, you would have to say that even every year you say that uh, the competition can't get no tougher than what it is now. But uh, this year, it seemed like it's getting tougher and tougher every year. Well, we're glad you stopped by, and we hope you have a good time here today. And I know it's going to be a pleasure for you just to sit up here and watch these guys work all day long while you kind of take it easy. It is, because, uh, you know, today it's awful hot, and I just know how those guys feel out there in them cars. Well, if they need a relief driver, I'll tell them where you are. Okay. <laughs> 
David Pearson, Spartanburg, South Carolina, the defending champion for this race, not in the field today. The news that he and the Wood Brothers went separate ways back in April kind of stunned the racing world. Neil Bonnet is aboard in the Pure Later car today, starting outside front row. Getting ready for a start as the field works the banking down on the west end of the track, and again, they bunch very tightly right in front of Mike Joy. Everyone is up on the banking now, Barney. The field very well aligned. 20 rows of two, and a lone car tearing the field. 41 cars to start. Heading the field, the silver and black Oldsmobile of Buddy Baker, that red, white, and globe. Gold, pure later mercury of Neil Bonnet. They're midway down the back straightaway for the final time at this slow speed. And James Hilton has found his way to his starting position as they move down this back straightaway. I'm sure Grant Adcox looking at the competition around him, trying to figure just exactly what he'll do when that green flag flies in just a few moments. You can bet your bottom dollars those two guys on front, Buddy Baker and Neil Bonnet, will be trying to get into that first turn first. They're going into the third turn. They're up in the banking as they move around the third turn. The pace picking up just a slight bit. Buddy Baker and Neil Bonnet, row number one. Benny Parsons and Grant Adcox, row number two. Cale Yarbrough and Darrell Waltrip work row number three. The fourth row, Buddy Arrington and A.J. Foyt. Right now as the pace car takes them through that middle groove of turn number three and four. It's going to be the pace car putting some distance between itself and the rest of the field as the cars right now come lumbering by as they navigate themselves down and off the 31 degree banking it's your pole sitter buddy baker neil bonnet outside him grant adcox the white car of the orange piping he's joined by benny parsons and right now they sweep down the short chute getting back to the line and we're going to throw it topside for the start barney hall they call indianapolis 500 the greatest spectacle in motor racing but this firecracker 400 is the most competitive in motor racing here they come, 300 yards from the start-finish line. Green flag and the Firecracker 400 is underway here at the Daytona International Speedway. Getting a jump and coming up through the gearbox, Bonnet pulled out for just a second. Baker's right up there as they go door-to-door -door in turn one. Baker is up to speed. They're side-by-side. -side. Baker takes the low groove and the lead into turn one. Benny Parsons works the inside, past outside pole sitter Neil Bonnet. Bonnet rides third. Cale Yarbrough and Grant Adcox battle for fourth. Darrell Waltrip is fifth. Buddy Arrington sixth. And Buddy Baker leads them down the back stretch. And it's quite a battle down that back straightaway. One of the cars dropping down on the inside, but it's still Buddy Baker out in front. Benny Parsons in second. Neil Bonnet is third. Grant Adcox is fourth. And the car number 88 is fifth. Running behind in the sixth place is going to be Cale Yarbrough. Arrington going seventh. A.J. Foyt going eighth. Single file off the number four corner. It's going to be Buddy Baker in front. Benny Parsons going second. Neil Bonnet running third as they head back to the line. Single file back to the stripe, and Buddy Baker will lead the first lap with a firecracker 400. Benny Parsons running strong, moves right up on his bumper, and now Bonnet drops down to the inside and goes after the lead back in one. Neil Bonnet hits the low groove into turn number one, moves by Parsons. Bonnet has the Mercury in second. Parsons drifts up high in the racetrack in third as Darrell Waltrip comes on the outside to challenge Grant Adcox for fourth spot. Dale Yarborough rides in the fifth position. That's Adcox on the inside. Grant Adcox trying to get that draft, trying to scoot around them, but he can't quite do it. But here comes Dale Waltrip. Waltrip draws a move down the inside of Benny Parson. They go up the banking. It's going to be single file this time through as Buddy Baker leads Neil Bonnet by a half car length. It's going to be a car length back to Benny Parsons, then Darrell Waltrip. Low on the racetrack, trying to get back in the draft as Buddy Arrington as he loses four positions. 
as the field comes around for the second lap. It is Baker out front, Bonnet second, Parsons third, running at fourth right now is Waltrip, and fifth is Cale Yarbrough. A scramble for the lead in turn three. And Darrell Waltrip moves down on the inside of Buddy Becker, scoots out in front of him as they're going to turn four. Waltrip has the lead right now as Neil Bonnet tries to challenge Buddy Baker for second place, can't do so. It's going to be single file for those front three cars as they scoot back towards the trioval. Back in February, there were 30 cars in the lead draft, but right now it's seven here at Daytona. Waltrip out front, Baker second, Bonnet third, Parsons fourth, A.J. Boyd has moved up into fifth position as that front seven head back into turn one Baker down on the inside goes after the lead Baker dropped to the bottom of the racetrack like he owned it and scooted past Darrell Waltrip he enjoys a two car length lead out of turn two, Baker leads Waltrip Neil Bonnet, Benny Parsons in fourth A.J. Boyd is fifth, Cale Yarborough sixth, Grant Atcock seventh, that's the lead draft Neil Bonnet trying to make a move this time down the back straightaway. He tries to make a move, but it's Darrell Waltrip once again using that sling cut. He moves up. A.J. Boyd challenging for fourth position. A.J. trying to take the low side. He tries to draw alongside Benny Parsons and does. Meanwhile, your leader goes single file through the number four corner. It's going to be Darrell Waltrip leading by a car length over Buddy Baker. Waltrip brings him down through the trial, the par fastest part of the speedway, and Baker is on his tail, just a car length back. And now it becomes three cars up front of the lead draft as they open up a little separation. Neil Bonnet chases him down into turn number one. Three cars trying to break away. They have about six car lengths back to fourth place. Benny Parsons. Parsons, though, is closing in the turn. Waltrip out of turn two enjoys a two car length lead over Baker. Neil Bonnet right behind. They run single file down the 3,000 foot back stretch. Challenge for the lead. And Buddy Becker takes a peek down to the inside, moves alongside, uses the slingshot, zooms out in front of the Darrell Waltrip machine as it goes into the fourth turn. So it's going to be Buddy Baker, a couple of car lanes over Waltrip. He's second, Neil Bonnet third. Buddy Parsons going fourth as they work their way off the number four corner. It's going to be single file back towards the line. The climb up the leadership ladder for Dale Earnhardt is gathered in 11th position as Earnhardt moves up. Allison does likewise as he has dropped himself into 12th spot. And running 13th is Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. Leaders to the west end of the speedway once again in single-file formation. That three-car breakaway has become a six-car lead draft with A.J. Foyt on the tail end of it. He has about eight-car legs breathing room to Grant Atcock. This time by, Baker will lead, and it'll be Walter trying to draft by in the back straightaway. And Richard Petty trying to make that nine cars. He moves closer to Grant Adcox. Those first six cars glued together as he goes to the third turn. Waltrip did look to the inside, entering turn number three. Couldn't quite make a move. Neil Bonnet trying to go to the low side on Darrell Waltrip, but he, too, can't find the running room, so it's going to be single file. Nine cars coming off the number four corner. Things have settled down just a tad with Buddy Baker in the lead. Running in second is Daryl Waltrip. In third is the Purelator Mercury of Bonnet. Parsons runs fourth. Fifth spot to Cale Yarbrough in the Firecracker 400. The Daytona 500 all over again as Waltrip brings a 13-car draft through the trial but leads them back into turn number one. It's Bonnet up to second spot as they shuffle off into the east banking. Here comes Supertex, A.J. Foyt. Works the bottom of the racetrack against Benny Parsons. That's for fourth position. The car's looking awfully loose at this end of the speedway. Foyt has to drop back in the draft, but there's a battle for sixth spot in the backstretch. Dale Earnhardt inside of Richard Petty. Dale Earnhardt trying to make a move. He moves out of the inside once again using that slingshot. Moves around Petty now as he continues to move forward. He has 
touching A.J. Ford in front of him. He's trying for him now. It's going to be Waltrip leading the pack with Buddy Baker now running second. Neil Bonnet running third. Buddy Parsons running fourth. The cards work off the number four corner. They move by Al Holbert, whose number seven heads to the pitch. Earnhardt, who started back in 21st position, he finally caught the tail end of the lead draft, and he's picking them off one by one and heading for the front. He's up to sixth spot as the field works the west banking down in turn one. Earnhardt, eight car lengths back of fifth place, A.J. Foyt. Front four beginning to come up on race traffic. Our Walter Baker, Bonnet, and Benny Parsons. Foyt has tagged on to the back end of Parsons. Single file out of turn number two. Bobby Allison started 20th. He has now moved up to the 10th position. The lead car is now passing some of the slower cars. That cuts down a little bit on that draft and a little bit on the slingshot. It's still that car number 88 of Darrell Walton leading them into the fourth turn. As they work turn number four, it's going to be Neil Bonnet taking a bit of a lower line through the turn. He gets caught behind some race traffic, so he backs into a single file rotation. They head back towards the trioval. Still the leadership. Down to the stripe. It's Buddy Baker, Darrell Waltrip out front. It's Waltrip riding in the lead draft right now. Takes him back into the west banking of the speedway. And again, they open up several the front five pull away a little bit as Earnhardt is running all by himself trying to overhaul the leaders right behind Earnhardt comes Richard Petty. And Barney Hall Kale uh, Yarbrough is dropping back in the field. Grant Adcock is coming in for an unscheduled pit stop right now. The crew goes to the right side to change tires. He's way too early for a regular pit stop. We're going down to check with Junior Johnson to see what the problem is on Yarbrough's car. And there's another heartbreak developing on the racetrack itself, Barney Hall. One of the rookies, Joe Milliken, has a hood pin loose on the left-hand side and the hood is just flapping in the breeze and aerodynamically that is not a good shot here at Daytona makes the car very unstable here comes your lead draft down by gate seven back to the start finish line here at Daytona Waltrip still out front Baker second riding a third is Bonnet fourth Parsons fifth AJ Foyt six right now is the rookie driver Earnhardt as he tries to overhaul him in one and here goes Baker after the lead Buddy Baker right down to the bottom of the racetrack once again the way he took the lead from Waltrip five laps ago Baker is back in front of the Oldsmobile. Walter holds his second. The Mercury of Bonnet is third. Then the Oldsmobile of Parsons, the Buick of A.J. Foyt. Waltrip has been trying that front leader, the Baker car, every time down this back straightaway. Once again, he does it. He fronts him as he goes into the third turn, dropping Baker to second and Neil Bonnet to third. This time, everybody takes that middle groove. They cut the turn in half. Neil Bonnet now dropping to the low side of Buddy Baker. Can't quite find the running room. So again, it's going to be six cars, single file, back to the line. Fourteen positions. Earnhardt has already moved up in the starting lineup. He is currently six, and now he's caught the tail end of that front draft. He's right on A.J. Ford as he tries to pick his way up on the leaders. Meanwhile, it is a storm up front for the lead. Leaders working race traffic into the second turn. 31 degree banking. Darrell Waltrip leading Buddy Baker. Neil Bonnet has a look to the inside. Coming off turn two, he slips back up in the draft. Six cars on a string down the back stretch. Those six cars include Dale Earnhardt, who's been picking them off one at a time. This time, Baker using the strategy of Darrell Waltrip earlier, using that slingshot in the third turn. He scoots around him to take the lead once again. And again, predictably here, as they try to jockey, it's going to be Earnhardt going way down low. He goes by A.J. Foyt, but now Foyt slingshots past it alongside the battle now finds Earnhardt tucking in behind Foyt but Betty Baker continues to lead by two car lengths over Darrell Walter. Glued to Walter's rear deck lid is the pure later Mercury of Bonnet. Benny Parsons in fourth spot. A.J. Foyt in fifth. And there's Earnhardt steadily in the sixth position. Jackie Root, Al Hobart is behind the wall. Al, what's wrong with the car? Uh, differential's not working. I'm only uh, I'm spinning a wheel all the time. And I'm not exactly sure why. We borrowed it this morning from uh, one of the other teams. And we didn't, never got a chance to try it out. And it's, on the third lap, I think got real loose and started spinning the outside rear wheel. 
So that's the road racing champion having problems early here in the Firecracker 400. Another driver that is having problems, as we reported to you, the hood pinned loose on Joe Milliken's car. He has presented his car on pit road for service from the LG DeWitt team. Field rumbles to the stripe to complete the 17th circuit here with Buddy Baker out front, Waltrip in second. Bonnet tries the inside of Waltrip for that runner-up spot, thinks better of it as they go to the west end of the speedway in front of Mike Joy. Dale Earnhardt makes his move to the outside around Supertech's A.J. Foyt. Earnhardt rolls up in the fifth position, and Lenny Pond has caught the lead draft. It's now seven cars tied together out of turn to working race traffic. Buddy Baker on the point of the lead draft. Those seven cars are pulling away from Richard Petty now. He's at least 25 to 30 car lengths behind those cars as they maneuver through the third and fourth turn. This time they work their way through race traffic. They've got three cars dead ahead, but it's going to be Buddy Baker showing a three-car length of an advantage over Darrell Waltrip. It's going to be Bonnet running third, Benny Parsons fourth, and Earnhardt running fifth. Field has looked like an accordion for the last two or three laps as they close up the, the first 13 cars. Then there will be a big lead again of three and four cars. As they head back into turn number one, it begins to tighten again with eight cars riding the lead draft buddy baker is out front as they go after him in turn one Marty, we mentioned that kale yarbor was dropping back a little bit junior what's his problem yeah i believe those seven cylinders that's what it sounds like when it comes by probably broke a push rod or a rock arm one that's sort of what we think it is are you going to try to just run it out well we'll go wait the comes and see what it looks like in if we can fix it we will if we can't then we'll just have to run it out Okay, that's Junior Johnson, owner of the Bush Bureau's Mobile. Exiting turn number four, Dale Earnhardt sweeps by Benny Parsons. He picks up a spot. We've got smoke showing in turn number four. Going by is Tommy Gale in the Sunny King Ford Honda Ford automobile. He brings a 64 out of harm's way. Front six, work the front straightaway as they head back into the west banking of the speedway, and Waltrip looks like he has moved back in front, Mike Joy. Darrell Waltrip is your leader, but Dale... Oh, smoke in turn two. Jimmy Finger spins. Sandy Satulo catches him. Here come the leaders. Diving, looking for somewhere to go. Fingers, cars in the wall. Bonnet spins to the infield. Foyt tags the rear bumper of Benny Parsons. All five five leaders get through. Bonnet is still sliding in the grass. Bobby Allison ducks to the inside as Jimmy Fingers' car is caught up against the retaining wall. Neil Bonnet straightens out the pure later Mercury, gets it back on the speedway, and the leaders will race back to the finish line. In turn number three and four, it's going to be Buddy Baker, followed by Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt now showing third, Benny Parsons going fourth, A.J. Foyt going fifth, Richard Petty running sixth. That's the tight group as they head back off the number four corner and back to the line. So the first caution flag of the day has been displayed in the field here in the Firecracker 400 at Daytona International Speedway again. Jimmy Fingers starting a chain reaction over in turn number two. For an update on that, let's go to Mike Joy. This was a spot we spoke about early in the broadcast, Barney. Coming off turn two, it's a very sharp drop onto that back straightaway. Fingers' car got loose and got away from him, and he slid sideways 600 feet down the back straightaway. Sandy Satulo looked to take evasive action in the grass, but could not move his car down out of the top lane fast enough, and he slammed into the left front of Fingers' car. Satulo is now moving away from the accident scene and heading for pit road. A third car spun to avoid those two spinning machines. That was Claude Ballalena in the JMS Racing Oldsmobile. Ballalena did not make contact with either car. He moved away from the scene, as did Neil Bonnet. When the six leaders came up upon the accident, the outside groove was taken from them. Five of them dove to the inside, and Bonnet, who was already in the low lane, had no choice but to spin his car through the grass and ride some 1,000 feet on the grass before getting squared away and back underway. The only car still at the accident scene is Jimmy Fingers' Vitafresh Orange Juice Ferris Chevrolet Special. It's parked against the wall some 600 feet 
out of turn number two down the backstretch. Finger has just climbed out of the car, and he is all right. Back to the tower. And while all that action was transpiring in turn three, the action was hot and heavy on pit road for two of your front runners, who have now come up short on the stick, and that would be the Burger King car of Lenny Pond and also the Hawaiian Tropic machine for Donnie Allison. They were stranded on pit road when the caution came out. And at the present time, we are under the first caution of the afternoon, coming out with an accident in turn three that involved Jimmy Finger, Sandy Satulo, and also involved in that accident was Neil Bonnet, who spun to avoid a T-bone action of Jimmy Finger and Sandy Satulo. But stopping by the booth with us right now, Barney, is the senator from the state of Florida who served as the Grand Marshal and gave the command to fire engines today at the Firecracker 400. Senator Stone is with us. Senator, is this your first trip to the to Daytona International Speedway? No, but it's my first trip actually driving around the track, and that's quite a thrill. What were your impressions as you got up in those high banks? Because anybody that's seen it for the first time, it, as they say, blows them away. I thought it was going to fall off towards the inside. Motorsports in the state of Florida is such a very important part of tourism, especially in the central Florida area. How do you look at this particular event, the Firecracker 400? Where does it fit in the overall tourist, tourism picture in the state of Florida, especially this, central Florida? This is uh, extremely important to Florida's visitor industry, and Florida's visitor, visitor industry is extremely important to our economy. Many, many, many jobs depend on it. We're delighted to have visitors from around the country, and I want to send greetings also through the Armed Forces Radio to all the servicemen abroad. We, we love to have you come stay with us on the 4th of July, and uh, we want you to be coming here for many, many years. This became a very special 4th of July celebration as well, as it was dedicated to We Are America Day, and it's fitting that you should welcome all the people on the American Forces Radio that cannot be here. But motorsports has grown by, grown by geometric proportions, not only here, but all the way around the world. Where do you see it going as it applies to the state of Florida? Well, it's going to continue to grow, and it provides us with advancements in technology, not only for uh, more safety, but for stretching mileage. And uh, this is a good field laboratory and one that everybody enjoys, and we're going to keep it. Well, there's some very positive thoughts from Senator Stone and Barney as we get ready to take a look at the starting field and how they fared after these pit stops. We've got to ask him. We ask everybody that comes up here to pick a winner for the Firecracker 400. Who would be your pick right now? David Pearson. <laughs> well, now there is a master politician. Pearson's standing back here and he's waiting to go into relief, but I don't think he could get into the car. Bill France Sr. has also stopped by. And Bill, you've got to be pleased with all the problems or potential problems that we're developing in the central Florida area. They all went by the boards in plenty of time for the Firecracker 400. Yes, uh, we're very fortunate to have a beautiful day and an extremely large crowd. You asked uh, Senator Stone who was going to pick the winner of today's race. Uh, I know who's going to win in November, that's Senator Stone. Well, that's the word from Senator Stone. Would you like some more time, Senior? Bill? <laughs> Let's get back to the racing action. Let's go for an update report on the condition of turn number two into Mike Joy. The track is clear, Jackie. The track trucks have just been out to look out near the outside retaining wall where Jimmy Finger's car came to rest. Heaviest damage was to the right front of the machine. It looks to be largely sheet metal. The bumper pushed in against the tire. A little bit of right front suspension damage. He was also hit in the left front of that car by Sandy Satulo as he was riding sideways down the backstretch. No chance of getting back in the race, but again, we want to stress the driver, Jimmy Finger of Austin, Texas, is all right, although out of the race. Back to you in the tower. 
Taking a look at this early going, Barney, it's very reminiscent of the Daytona 500. Of course, we didn't go as long without benefit of a caution flag as we did in the Daytona 500, but all of the drivers, again, are running flat out, belly to the ground, from the drop of the green flag, and it seems that lately, that's the way all the races have been. We've talked about it right from the beginning of the green flag in the Winston Western 500, and I had a chance to ask Bobby Allison yesterday why we're seeing this type of competition in 1979 on the Winston Cup circuit. Well, I think kind of... That's what racing's all about anyway. It's uh, going the fastest, the quickest, the furthest, uh, you know, getting to the end soonest. And, uh, you know, you get there quicker by starting out quicker, you know. And uh, the race is actually on when the green goes down. Uh, you know, it, it uh, is in its early stages. But uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, the race has actually begun. And uh, that's what racing is. It's uh, the fastest guy trying to get out front. Under caution at the Daytona International Speedway, but just about set to turn them loose again as they come down out of the number four corner, Jackie Root. 24th lap is about to be completed. Let's go to Ned Jarrett quickly. Jackie, Cale Yarborough made three pit stops during this caution period. He has lost a cylinder, one of the push rods are broken on the car. They have no choice but to try to ride it out and hope that it will last on those seven cylinders. The Pontiac Silverbird makes its way to its perch at the end of pit road. Chip Warren displays the green flag and the Firecracker 400 goes off with a bang. Supertex, A.J. Foyt on the high side, but barreling down low comes Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade. Oldsmobile Maybelline takes the lead of the Firecracker. Waltrip was quick on the break, coming up through the gears to enjoy a five-car lake lead. Now Benny Parsons works the bottom of the racetrack against Foyt and lapped car Joe Milliken. Brad Adcox is up there with Buddy Baker, Richard Petty, and Dale Earnhardt. It'll be Waltrip leading them down the back stretch, and then Parsons and Foyt side-by-side. Side. That side-by-side battle slowing those cars down a bit as the Waltrip car moves away from A.J. Foyt. Foyt falls back in line to the number two position. Buddy Baker moves into third. And Betty Parsons losing the draft now, being passed by Joe Milliken and the Chuck Bound automobile. He tucks in ahead of Grant Adcox as they work off the number four corner. It's going to be Darrell Waltrip now, a five-car lane separation between himself and A.J. Foyt. Darrell Waltrip has put both feet in the heat to lead. Foyt runs second, third spot to Baker. Betty Parsons is in fourth. Richard Petty is fifth. Dale Earnhardt is sixth. Chuck Bound is seventh, running in eighth position is Bobby Allison as they go to the west end of the speedway. Buddy Baker works to the outside of lap car Joe Milliken who begins to close back up on the bumper of second place A.J. Foyt. Single file out of the west banking. Darrell Waltrip enjoying about a six car lake lead. Here goes Baker in the back stretch. Baker down to the inside of Foyt using the slingshot. Foyt very stubbornly tries to hold on to the number two position. Can't quite do it as Baker moves around him and tries to catch the Darrell Waltrip machine. And for Waltrip we'll see if Maybelline's going to be true right here as right now it's going to be the gentle giant Buddy Baker breathing down behind Darrell Waltrip. They come off the 31 to Graybank single file 13 cars. 13 cars in the lead draft, and across the stripe, Waltrip suddenly becomes the rabbit as Baker chases him down in the trioval. Normally, if Baker can get to the front, that's where he likes to run, and here he goes after the lead in one, he may get it. That's where he's going, downstairs in turn one, and Baker puts the black and silver Oldsmobile in the lead. Waltrip is second, Foyt is third, Parsons is fourth, Brad Adcox, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt. There's a seven-car lead draft out of turn number two. Those seven cars tied together now. They're still jockeying for position down the back straightaway. Here comes Maybelline again. Dale Waltrip scoots around. Here comes Benny Parsons making a move on A.J. Foyt. Parsons down low. He battles for third place. A.J. goes door handle to door handle with him. Benny Parsons operating well down low. He tries to scoot back in front, but he's out of the draft. And A.J. Foyt along with Brad Adcox try to go by. No big surprises in that front seven right now. It's Waltrip out front. Baker second. Riding third is fourth. Foyt. And in fourth position is Parsons. 
Adcox is in the draft, but he should be a lap down. As the field works the banking down on the west end of the speedway, they string out single file again to Mike Joy. That would place Richard Petty in fifth. Dale Earnhardt right on his bumper in sixth. Bobby Allison would be the second-place, seventh-place car. Chuck Bowen in eighth, Donnie Allison ninth, Terry Labonte in the tenth spot. And this back straight away, this time one car dropping to the inside. It is the Grant Adcox car as Richard Petty tries to move around him. The other car's in single file through the third turn. It's going to be single file. A.J. Foyt possibly a bit higher than the others. Now the front four cars. Now Richard Petty closing it, making five pipes. They go single file off the number one corner. Number four, rather, with Dale Earnhardt now joining into the lead as they go back to the line. Nobody has been able to break the draft here at Daytona. That's the way it was in February. There were 10, 20, 30 car drafts for the lead, at least halfway through the event and it looks like it's going to be the same way here today. Waltrip is the leader. Baker is second. Foyt is third and they run nose to tail to Mike Joy. Now seven cars in the lead draft with Parsons fourth, Petty fifth, Earnhardt sixth and Bobby Allison seventh. Buddy Baker closes up on Darrell Waltrip in the back stretch. Buddy Baker trying to take his measure. He does. Moves down to the inside. Uses that slingshot we've seen so many times. Scoots out in front. A.J. Foyt closes that gap as he moves closer to that second place car. Baker in front. Waltrip running second. A.J. Foyt third. Benny Parsons fourth. Here comes the challenge on Richard Petty by the fifth place runner, Dale Earnhardt. Coming, coming up to complete. 72 and a half miles. 327 plus miles to go with Baker out front. But Daryl Waltrip riding a streak of wins and strong performances since the last seven races holds steadfastly into the second position. He just hounds that rear deck lid of that lead car. Still a seven-car trade out of turn number two. Petty running perhaps half a group higher than anybody. He likes it way up in the top part of the racetrack. Everyone else is about one groove away from the wall. This time it's Walter who climbs all over Baker's bumper as they hit for three. And there's nine cars in that draft. Dale Earnhardt trying to move down the inside of Richard Petty. Petty holds him off. Earnhardt once again making the move as Petty goes high. Earnhardt goes down to the racetrack. He takes advantage of Richard Petty going high. Earnhardt now has fifth position in a single file off the turn. Buddy Baker this time in front of Darrell Waltrip. Field comes down. Across the stripe, it's Baker out front, and that's where he likes to run. Waltrip gives him a little breathing room as they come across the stripe, but Foyt is there. He tucked down to the inside, took a short look as though he wanted to go up for a lead, but he changes his mind, drops back into third spot. They're Battle back to Mike Joy in turn one. Battle is for six with Bobby Allison's Thunderbird on the bottom of the racetrack against Richard Petty. They exit turn two side by side, but Allison is out of the draft and has to slip back up in at seventh spot. Challenge for the lead in front of Hal Hamrick. Right down to that third turn again comes Maybelline and Dale Waltrip scoots around Buddy Baker. Buddy, very determined look on his face as he moved out there here, trying to hold on, but he can't do it. A.J. Foyt had thoughts about taking the free ride from Maybelline. Couldn't quite do it as he tucks in behind Buddy Baker. Single file this time off the number four corner down the short chute to the line. We watched this draft with Waltrip at the point. And right in between is Buddy Baker, and I wonder, Barney Hall, if there's a lot of pressure on drivers wondering what to do when they're running in the middle of a draft. Well, I think uh, the 12 cars I, I'm thinking about uh, certainly know how to draft and how to protect their car in this kind of heat. It is, I think, the hottest uh, temperature that we've ever had here for the July 4th race, and uh, I really, I think once you get a 10-car draft, that it won't be a 10-car draft very long because uh, it'll be little packs of cars that can run together and move out and cool the car back down and move back up on the lead cars, but you can't just stay stuck up under them like you can in February when the temperature is 55 degrees and uh, you don't have a heat problem. 
Well, thus far, that has not been the case because it's now 15 cars drafting out front with Darrell Waltrip, your leader. Dale Earnhardt goes to the outside, challenging for the fourth spot that's held down by Benny Parsons in turn one. Earnhardt gets fourth position as Neil Bonnet has caught the lead draft, pulls up underneath the Hodge Thunderbird of Bobby Allison. Allison rides at seventh spot. Bonnet is eight. Those eight cars chase the lead draft. Five more strung out behind them. Single file in the backstretch, lapping by J.D. McDuffie. Baker looks for racing room. Baker trying to get around that slower car down the inside, held him off for just a moment, but Earnhardt looked like he wanted to make a move on Foyt, decided better, and stays in line. Waltrip in front, Buddy Baker going second, A.J. Foyt third, Dale Earnhardt fourth, running fifth, Benny Parsons, Richard Petty going sixth, Neil Bonnet challenging for seventh place with Bobby Allison. Fifteen cars are riding the lead draft here at Daytona as they cross the start-finish line. Waltrip is out front, Baker is second, and there's a good battle going on for third spot right now with Earnhardt. Running in the eighth position, however, carrying on with that rundown is Neil Bonnet. He is on the same lap with the leader. Chuck Bown is in ninth. In tenth is the Hawaiian Tropic car of Donnie Allison. Terry Labounty runs in 11th. Twelfth position goes to Lenny Pond. Thirteenth belongs to Gary Ballou. Running 14th is Ricky Rudd. Fifteenth goes to Dave Marcus and the Shoney's Osterlin team. Running in the sixteenth position is Harry Gant. Seventeenth position... Running in 16th position, correct me, is car number 85, and that would be the machine that is being wheeled this afternoon. We'll have to check on that. Running in the 16th position is Harry Gant. In 17th spot is Cuckoo Marlin. In 18th position is Cale Yarbrough. In 19th spot is Bill Elliott. And running in the 20th position is car number 87, and that would be the machine being wheeled this afternoon by none other than Gary Ballou from Daytona International Speedway. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Four cars dice for the lead over in turn three. And there goes Darrell Waltrip once again. He calls on Maybelline. She responds. And that car number two of Dale Earnhardt has been trying lap after lap to move up a position. He's still third behind Buddy Baker. As they work their way back towards the short shoot at single file <coughs> again, Darrell Waltrip showing the way. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's up here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. You talk, Barney Hall, about Maybelline, Daryl Waltrip, as we all know, names all of his cars. This is the super speedway mount that he brought to Daytona International Speedway. He calls it Maybelline. He wants it to be true. It's out front as they go to the west end of the speedway. Neil Bonnet pulls up on the bumper of Benny Parsons. Parsons is fourth. Bonnet is fifth. Behind him rides A.J. Foyt in sixth. Richard Petty, seventh. Bobby Allison in the eighth spot ahead of Joe Milliken as Darrell Waltrip leads them off the second turn and down the back straightaway. Darrell Waltrip still out front, but here comes Buddy Baker. They've changed time, changed back and forth lap after lap, and Buddy scoots by the car number 88. This time it looked as though Waltrip made an effort to try and stay with Baker on the banking, couldn't quite do it. Meanwhile, Neil Bonnet sneaks up to fourth place as he moves by Buddy Parsons. Bonnet now right behind Dale Earnhardt. Buddy Baker brings this lead back across the stripe to complete the 36th circuit, and he leads by two car lengths over Darrell Waltrip. Dale Earnhardt runs in second, uh, runs in third, and running in fourth now is Neil Bonnet. Bonnet up to fourth spot as Benny Parsons sits in fifth. A.J. Foyt is in sixth position. Richard Petty seventh through the West Banking. Bobby Allison in the eighth spot. They work lap traffic, and Baker has opened up about four car lengths on Waltrip, who has his hands full of Dale Earnhardt. 
Waltrip definitely does, but Earnhardt has his hands full of Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet trying to move to the inside. Dale Earnhardt moves down. Meantime, Darrell Waltrip takes the lead once again. Waltrip goes down low, sweeps back up the banking in front of Buddy Baker. So it's Waltrip running in first. Buddy Baker second. Earnhardt third. Fourth is Neil Bonnet. Fifth, Buddy Parsons. Sixth is A.J. Foyt. Here comes the draft. Back to the stripe. And Buddy Baker and Darrell Waltrip look like they're figuring on having this thing all to themselves as the end of the race would come down a little bit later the way they've been feeling each other out of the corners who can get where underneath outside and whatever now baker's falling back in the field all the way to back to fourth position mike joy dale earnhardt has run up into second and neil bonnet has fallen him in that draft to third baker is fourth parsons remains fifth as lenny pond moves around joe millican out of third two earnhardt is headhunting for the lead in the backstretch and you can uh, find yourself from first to fourth. That's very easy. Buddy Baker has that front right now as Dale Waltrip, but Dale Earnhardt trying to move around him as they go single file to the third and fourth turn. Neil Bonnet had thoughts about going down low underneath. Dale Earnhardt couldn't quite make the move. It's going to be single file working by race traffic. Waltrip still sewing the way down the short chute. And just running a steady race back in the pack in about seventh position is the STP Oldsmobile of Richard Petty. He has not particularly raced anyone. He's content for the moment just to sit there and bide his time. Remember, he came home victorious here in the Daytona 500. He was in the lead lap when all that crash and all thunder broke loose on the final lap. So Petty for the moment is content to just bide his time. Meanwhile, out front it's Waltrip. Waltrip brings him down the back straightaway. Earnhardt still working on him. He tries to take a peek on the inside. Sees that it's no use. He stays in line. A draft went by here a moment ago, a, a race between Al Holbert and Cale Yarborough. They're about a half lap behind, and I'm sure Cale Yarborough very disappointed. This time, Neil Bonnet showing fourth place. He tries to get a spot back, but can't quite move by Buddy Baker. So Bonnet now looks to the inside as they head back to the trioval. Just a beautiful draft in the Firecracker 400 at Daytona with 13 cars riding in the lead draft. It's still out front, Waltrip, and now Earnhardt goes to work on him. He chews on that rear deck down in turn one. Earnhardt looks to the low side of the first turn. Waltrip tries to come down and cover the spot. Both cars drift up high between turns one and two. Out of the second turn, it is still Waltrip. Earnhardt taking just a peek to the inside, slides back up with the draft to the back stretch. Buddy Baker possibly cooling that car a little bit. He's back up to third. Earnhardt once again peeping down on the inside of Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip holds him off as they're still single file down the back straightaway. Earnhardt had thoughts about making a move, going up that 31-degree banking of three, but he doesn't do so as the exit number four still showing single file. It's going to be seven, eight, ten, twelve cars as they go single file back to the line. The race continues down in turn number two, but meanwhile, attrition is beginning to raise its ugly head here in the Firecracker 400. And for that report, let's go to Joe Alloy. Six automobiles are now out of competition. Richard Childress, being the latest, has just come out with an engine failure. Jimmy Finger and Sandy Satulo, of course, involved in that accident. They are out with their raced automobiles. Travis Tiller, Bruce Hill, and Frank Warren also having mechanical problems. Here at the Daytona International Speedway, the Firecracker 400 is a barn burner today with Waltrip showing the way right now as he heads out of turn number one and down the back chute. Earnhardt has come all the way from 21st position to plank himself in the number two spot as he chases the leader up in turn three. Those two cars have broken away from Baker just a little bit by about five car lengths. There's another break between he and the car number 21 of about eight car lengths. The groove still right splitting that turn. Three and four dead down the middle. It's going to be Darrell Walship showing the way. Earnhardt continuing to run second. 
Running in the third spot is Buddy Baker, while going fourth is Neil Bonnet. Benny Parsons is fifth, Richard Petty is sixth, A.J. Foyt is seventh. Running in the eighth position is Lenny is Bobby Allison. Lenny Pond is ninth. Showing in the tenth spot is Terry Labonte. In eleventh position is the 58 machine, and that is being wheeled this afternoon. We're, not, we're trying to check on who is running car number 58 this afternoon. That would be Chuck Bound, car number 68 in 11th spot. The Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet would be running in 12th position with Donnie Allison. Dave Marcus is 13th. Gary Ballou is 14th. In 15th is Ricky Rudd. In 16th position is the Dick Brooks machine. 17th, trailing quickly is Cale Yarbrough. Buddy Arrington is 18th. Cuckoo Marlin is 19th. Harry Gant being shown in 20th position, while running 21st is Bill Elliott. At the Firecracker 400, Waltrip continues to set the pace here this afternoon. The rookie driver, Earnhardt, just hounds him down into turn number one. But for the moment, Dale seems content to ride in the top five. Front five, nose to tail in the west banking of the speedway. And for the moment, Mike Joy, it looks like they may settle down for a few laps of racing. The race has settled a bit, Barty Hall, but Neil Bonnet continues to poke the nose out of the Purator Mercury. Two laps ago, he was lapping by Jimmy Means, and the two exchanged a bit of sheet metal, but it has not slowed Bonnet. Challenge for the lead up in three. Buddy Baker moving down to the inside. He's challenging for second place. He moves around Earnhardt. Earnhardt tries to move back as they go into the fourth turn. Baker still has a notice. Nose ahead of Dale Earnhardt. They're high in the banking. Up goes Earnhardt. He gets a bit loose, regains nicely. It's going to be Buddy Baker running second. Neil Bonnet makes it three wide. They scrap it real hard as they come to the stripe with Waltrip on the point. Like a squadron of fighter pilots, they peel off behind him. Baker and the triangle, Neil Bonnet having his problems trying to get around Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt holds on steadfastly to the third spot. Bonnet is in fourth. In fifth position now is Benny Parsons. Here at the Daytona International Speedway. Battle for the lead's been a good one all afternoon in the Firecracker 400 as the field works lap number 49. Out of the fourth corner, comes down back into the trial portion of the speedway. Eight cars locked nose to tail. Waltrip is out front. Second is Baker. Third is Earnhardt. Fourth is Bonnet. Fifth right now is Parsons. And sixth and running a steady race is Richard Petty. Seventh is Bobby Allison. They continue to run nose to tail down in the east banking of the speedway. Allison handling well at this end of the racetrack down to the west banking. He can put the car down to the bottom of the racetrack. He has done so. And out of turn two, Bobby Allison rolls up into sixth position ahead of Richard Petty. Richard Petty having to fall back in line. Meantime, up front, here comes Baker again, challenging on the Darrell Waltrip machine. Moves down on the inside, slides by him with that trap as he leads into the fourth turn. Baker in front, Waltrip second. Earnhardt challenged by Bonnet for third and fourth. Betty Parsons fifth, Bobby Allison sixth, Richard Petty seventh, Buddy Pond eighth, running ninth is A.J. Foyt. Never a win here at Daytona International Speedway for Buddy Baker. Five times he's finished second. He feels he's due. He leads him back into the number one corner, and right now, Earnhardt, he's not happy in third position as he sticks his nose to the outside as the field trails back into the number one corner. Waltrip stays glued to the rear bumper of Buddy Baker's Oldsmobile. It's about a car link back to Dale Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet in fourth, Benny Parsons fifth, Bobby Allison sixth. They've got about eight car links of breathing room back to Lenny Pond and Richard Petty. Let's see if anyone makes that move this time. Seems everyone's happy to stay in line. Neil Bonnet peeked down for just a moment, decided to stay in line as they move through the third and fourth turn. Walter breathing the automobile. He takes a lower groove than does Buddy Baker. Now he drifts right back in behind. It's going to be that tight six-car draft. Lenny Pond trying to make it seven as they work the shirt shoot. 
125 miles just about to be completed in the Firecracker 400 and across the stripe. Baker out front, Waltrip second. And still, the rookie Earnhardt just hangs in there, and Jackie Root, that front six for the moment, seemed content to run nose to tail. Things we have settled down just a little bit, but for Buddy Baker, as you said, he has never won here despite the fact that he has led so many laps and qualified so well throughout his driving career. Buddy, are you surprised that you've never won here at Daytona International Speedway? Well, I am because uh, I think right here I probably run as good as I do any place that I've ever driven. And when you don't win, you wonder why, because... I think laps led, and, and uh, you know, as far as being a dominant factor at the racetrack, I think I've probably been a more dominant factor here than I was at Talladega, and I won three there, so, you know, I, I wonder what's going on, but uh, then if you go down through the garage area and really look look through there, there's a whole bunch of people, good race drivers, there's never been a victory circle at Daytona. Buddy Baker has lost the lead to Darrell Waltrip. Let's go to Mike Joy. Two car legs separate the lead duo through turn number two, and Waltrip now stretches that out to four car legs. Baker rides second, Earnhardt is third, Bonnet is fourth, Parsons is fifth, Bobby Allison is sixth, and Lenny Pond and Richard Petty. Seems every time we say they're sort of settling down, every once in a while someone makes a move, they change it around, but right now they have settled down. Those cars, those to tail, they're passing some slower traffic into the fourth turn. Turns three and four, they've been stable. There's been single file running, very little passing. Indeed, here also, Bobby Allison running well down low on the racetrack when he wants to be. As the field comes back down to the start-finish line, the leader will be Waltrip. Baker is second, third is Earnhardt, and fourth is Bonnet. For an update in the pits, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Barney, everything is... Here's A.J. Foyt coming into the pits right now. He should not be coming in. Yes, this would be a scheduled pit stop, Barney, because they're getting ready to bring Buddy Baker in here very shortly, so we should see most of the top cars coming in within the next five laps. Well, they had pitted and went back out of the speedway somewhere around lap number 22 when that first caution flag came out this afternoon in the Firecracker race, so it would be a regular schedule pit stops for all of them coming in at least the next four, five, maybe six laps. So Foyt will be the first of the front runners to make his pit stop. Meanwhile, on the speedway, that battle continues for the lead as they string out around the track. Jackie Root. Foyt is away after exchanging left side rubber in 19 and 4 tenths seconds. Baker slowing. So Buddy Baker is diving on the pit road. He will be the next of the front runners to make his pit stop. Waltrip moves out in front. Earnhardt is up to second. Now Bonnet is third and Parsons is fourth as pit stops become routine here at Daytona. Let's go back for an update on Ned Jarrett as Buddy Baker pits his car. Buddy Baker is in right now. They're going to the right side and, of course, filling it up with that Union 76 gasoline. They've been shifting around some members in this crew trying to get the right person at the right position. They've had some long pit stops in the last few races. They're down and away now. A good pit stop, 16 and 8 tenths seconds this time. So a good pit stop for Buddy Baker as he gets in and out in about 16 and a half seconds, puts the car back onto the speedway. Now the rest of the front of the pack will be coming on pit road very shortly. We are 54 laps into the Firecracker 400 here at Daytona International Speedway, and here comes the Hodgson T-Bird on the pit road. Bobby Allison, and Allison comes off the banking so quickly he almost puts it in the grass. Ned We've got Jarrett. problems with the Claude Ballalina car, the number six car slowing. Claude Ballalina slowing down on the JMS racing car, Brings it down on the apron, and we'll be heading for the pits. Joe Milliken is in, and so is Bobby Allison, Ned Jarrett. And these are scheduled pit stops for both. Bud Moore and the crew changing the right side tires on Bobby Allison's Ford T-Bird, and also right tire, side tires for the appliance wheels Oldsmobile of Joe Milliken. They're both down and away at about the same time. Here is Donnie Allison, the Hawaiian Tropic car, coming on to pit road, and he has had his problems this afternoon. He had tried to link up with his brother Bobby and move up to the front of the pack, but such has not been the case for him. They've had more than their share of problems today. Gary Ballou, pits car number 87, 
Meanwhile, still the front pack come across the stripe. Walker yet to make his pit stop. Earnhardt second. Riding in third spot right now is Bonnet. Fourth is Parsons. And Lenny Pond trails that four-car leaders down into turn number one. But looming in the darkness, Barney Hall, running right behind that lead draft is the STP Oldsmobile of Richard Petty. And right now, everything points that this is Petty's type of race at the present time. Richard just pacing himself here at the Daytona International Speedway. He did the same thing back in February, came home victorious to win. And today, he told us yesterday in an interview that he was not going to try to run up front and punish the car. He knows the type of racing that's been going on, but he tries to pace himself. But anymore, you just can't lay back. You still have to run hard, but you can just kind of take your time a little bit more rather than run on the ragged edge as the leaders have been doing here today. You talk about the win in the Daytona 500. Many people said that Richard Petty just plain lucked into that one. But after the brilliant performances in the early half of this season in 1979, one would have to think that Richard Petty may be a little bit better prepared to score back-to-back -back wins in this Firecracker 400. Well, I don't know if we're any better prepared because we're better prepared, but so is everyone else. And, uh... You know, from that standpoint, we're really not running that much closer to the front than, uh, than what we were then. But, you know, uh, just like you say, if it's a 400-mile race, a 500-mile race, it's not over till they get to the uh, start-finish line like it was in the 500. So, you know, when, uh, when you start a race and if everything's going your way, just like I've always said, that, you know, you can win if you can just stay in there. And we run good all day at Daytona in, in, in the 500. We just... Uh, Got lost right there at, at the last when uh, they got a, a draft going and I wasn't happen, didn't happen to be in it and they got away from it a little bit. And, uh, you know, those are just circumstances that, you, you know, you got to play with. But same way it'll be in the, in the 400. Uh, there's allowed to be a 10-car draft, 20-car draft. Then allowed will be one or two that just breaks away. So, uh, you know, that's just what makes it interesting for all of us. Many of your leaders have positioned themselves on pit road. Buddy Baker is back in for what has to be an unscheduled stop. This Jack is his second trip. We might mention the last time by in turn number four, Buddy Baker showing definite smoke coming out from the rear of the automobile. So your leader will be at the present time, Benny Parsons, in the Griffin Marine Oldsmobile, the MC Anderson Racing Stable. They lead this Firecracker 400 as we go down to Ned Jarrett for a report on Buddy Baker's machine. There is problems on that car. It sounds like the engine is not hitting on all eight cylinders. They did change the left side tires. They talked with him a little bit. Now he's heading away down pit road. Also, A.J. Foyt came back into the pits for an unscheduled pit stop. You mentioned that when he was in before, they changed left side tires. He came back in this time and changed right side tires. So Baker and Foyt are now finding themselves with extra pit stops here. So that's going to be very costly for Buddy Baker as his string of bad luck continues here at the Daytona International Speedway. Richard Petty has made a quick pit stop a moment ago, and Jackie Root, he should be coming back on the pit road momentarily. They are posting Petty as your leader, Barney Hall. Benny Parsons running in second, and now moving into third spot as the rookie Terry Labonte. Now, those cars have still got to make their visits onto pit road. That's the latest report. But you were saying that Petty has already been on pit road? No, I was talking about his first pit stop that he made earlier. A good one for him when they came in and ducked out. And here comes Richard Petty diving down through traffic as he heads onto pit road, and Benny Parsons will draft him right onto pit road. So these two will pit together hoping to come out and link back up in a two-car draft so they can make extremely good time. Over in the third turn, Barney, the car number 28 of Buddy Baker smoking quite a bit and slowing down. It looks like he's headed for the pits once again. It looks like Baker's not going to make it. 
He's out of harm's way here in turn number four, but smoke continues to bellow forth from behind the number 28 car. Twice this year, Buddy Baker has started on the pole for the Daytona 500. He felt like he could just run away with the race the way the car was working. He felt the same way here today. And again, bad luck has fallen on the head of Buddy Baker. We pause now for station identification. At the Daytona International Speedway, Firecracker 400, one caution flag today. Routine pit stops have been in and out all for the last three or four or five laps and Ned Jarrett, these are under green and the crews really have the pressure on them when they stop under green. Buddy yes, Baker is coming into the garage area. We'll have him on in just a few moments. Certainly the pressure is on during uh, green flag stops and especially those that have to make the extra pit stops. The Buddy Baker crew pitting right beside of our position here in the pits. They're beginning to gather their equipment up and knowing that the day has perhaps come to an end for them. The present time, Barney Hall scoring, and whoa, there was trouble almost right here at the start-finish line. Neil Bonnet came flying in down to the trioval, and Joe Milliken dropped down a groove. Bonnet had to get on the binders. The car got out of shape for just a second as he gets it back in line again, but a scary moment for Neil Bonnet in the Purelator car. There have been some very close running all afternoon. We are about to say that Darrell Waltrip is now being posted as your leader with Bobby Allison running in second, and Neil Bonnet, who almost came into harm here at the start-finish line, posted in third spot. That's car number 88 is about 25 or 30 car lengths ahead of that second place car, but there's a challenge for second place now as Neil Bonnet moves down on the inside of Bobby Allison. Bonnet goes to the low side. Bobby Allison being forced to go to the high side. The pure later Mercury working well down low. It's going to be door handle. The door handle back to the line. But for the many folks who thought it would be Buddy's Baker's Day here at Daytona, it has not. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Standing by is Waddell Wilson, one of the chief members of that pit crew. Waddell, do you know what went wrong? Well, Ned, from all indications, it sounded like it dropped the valve. And I guess we just can't get it all together here in a race at Daytona. It has been a tough track for you. Both races this year, we just can't seem to get it all together and run to the end. We do well but in the beginning, and that's it. No plans to try to get it back in? No, we're not chasing the points, so we're just going to park it for the day. That's Waddell Wilson, the crew chief on the car number 28 of Buddy Baker. So Baker's bad string of luck continues here at the Daytona International Speedway. Five times he's finished second in races in his career, but he has never been in victory lane. Here comes your front pack of traffic. Out front is Bonnet, second right now. Correction, Jackie Root can bring us up to date on that. It's Darrell Waltrip leading by about 18 car lengths over a tight pack for second position held down by Bonnet. Bobby Allison is in third. Fourth position belongs to Richard Petty, and fifth is Dale Earnhardt with Benny Parsons running in sixth spot. Let's go to the garage and Joe Alloy. Buddy Baker is not coming to our microphone, but we did talk to him. He said, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. The car just quit. He said, that's the way it's happened today. It just quit. He got out of the car, got a drink of water, and just sat down. That's the story in the garage. So Buddy Baker has taken the win Oldsmobile back to the garage area out for the day of the Firecracker 400. Well, it's Waltrip right now. Everybody chases him here in the Firecracker race, and he has a healthy separation as he comes across the stripe. It looks like about eight seconds ahead of Neil Bonnet. Allison is third. That's Bobby Allison, fourth. Petty hanging in there, and what a steady race for Richard Petty here this afternoon. Field works the banking down in turn one. Petty runs about four car lengths back of the draft that includes second place Bonnet and third place Allison. As you said, Barney, he's not seemed to race with anybody all day. Prefers to sit up in that high groove, almost scraping the paint off the wall and run a very careful, planned race. And staying out of everybody's way, it sits in that fourth spot. Darrell Waltrip was just four seconds ahead of that second place car just a moment ago when they came out of the pits. He continues to stretch that lead as he breaks away from that pack.
That second pack, of course, Neil Bonnet joined the way in front of his neighbor, Bobby Allison, though Joe Milliken is running there as well. Richard Petty joining the crew. Private battle further back between Earnhardt and Benny Parsons. Traffic becomes a factor for the leader down in turn number one. He's going to have to pick his way around some of the lapped automobiles. He's up to Mike Joy. With Ricky Rudd behind him, he works outside Dick Brooks, Dave Marcus directly ahead. Now Marcus, Brooks, and Ricky Rudd are racing for position as Walter tries to scramble through them. He'll go to the inside, no, the outside on Dave Marcus. Gets held up for just a second, allows Bonnet to close slightly. He moves around to that high side. Those cars, of course, wanting to stay in that lead lap with him. They couldn't do it. At this point, as a second-place pack works their way up the banking, we're noticing here some of the cars awfully loose in turn number three and four. It was noticed earlier on the other end of the racetrack, the way the cars are set up, the speeds, they're running the heat here at the racetrack. A lot of them kicking out the rear end of the car as they pivot through turn three and four. Darrell Waltrip completes the 66 circuit here at the Daytona Firecracker 400, and Barney Maybelline is a superior super speedway car this afternoon. What about it, Darrell Waltrip? What's the key to having a good super speedway ride at a place like Daytona? got the power under the hood on a big track you're going to run you can run a truck around here at 190 if you got horsepower well he's got horsepower as they do the shoot and scoot down the back stretch and head to hell hammering that maybelline is uh, operating just the way he wants and he's really picking up a little speed as he moves around some of these slower cars by using their draft but here comes a very determined car number 21 of Neil Bonnet, and he's trying to catch him. And, of course, Neil Bonnet right now with Bobby Allison in a tight two-car draft. They're trying to pick their way up. They move up behind Donnie Allison. Brotherly love there are the Allisons as they work their way through traffic. Darrell Waltrip doing what he does best. He's out to win a race here today. Four times he's been to Victory Lane this year, along with Bobby Allison and Jackie Arute as he comes back across the stripe. He looks to be the class of the field. Darrell Waltrip now has completed 177 and a half miles. 71 laps are down in this Firecracker 400. And Barney Waltrip just continues to ride a wake of just tremendous successes. He's going after the Winston Cup Grand National Championship for 1979, and he's doing it in fine fashion. Neil Bonnet is beginning to close the interval between himself and the leader in front of Mike Joy. Well, Bonnet has a lot of breathing room on Bobby Allison as Allison has trouble lapping Dave Marcus, and Bonnet continues to run down Walter in the backstretch. He is closing up the gap, but just a moment ago, Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons moved around Richard Petty. He seems to be slowing just a bit. Of course, further back, we've seen some pretty good battles all afternoon long. Right now, Dale Earnhardt still using up every inch of real estate allowed to him as he is engaged in a private battle with Benny Parsons. Richard Petty slowing down on the speedway here at Daytona after this afternoon, and let's pick him up on the course. Here he comes by Eli Gold. He exits off the number four, banking well off the power. He cuts it down hard onto pit road, and he heads back to you, Barney Hall. After one of the most steady runs all day of any driver in the field, Petty is unscheduled pit stop on pit road, whether it's a cut tire or what. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. They do go to the right side of that car, changing tires. We can't see from our position as whether the tire is low or not. We're standing on the pit wall right next to where they are pitting but it is a change of right tires and unscheduled pit stop for the petty team which is going to hurt their efforts here today he's down and away and he choked the car down now he gets to crank and it's going down pit road a and the costly, right rear tire was flat on that car tough break for richard petty after such a steady run here all afternoon and now petty really has his work cut out for him to catch the leaders and make up the time he has lost in the pits Meanwhile, leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip. And Waltrip begins to close on the STP Oldsmobile in the west end of the speedway. Waltrip puts Petty a lap down as Petty comes up through the gears. Neil Bonnet, now Bobby Allison, both move by the STP Oldsmobile. And Petty will go one lap down. No lap traffic separating the three leaders. Bonnet free to pursue Darrell Waltrip in the backstretch. 
and he's less than a second behind him as they move down the back straightaway. And now up to power comes Bobby Allison as he tries to catch those other two cars. Of course, earlier Neil Bonnet was running low on the racetrack. He was running well there, but right now he takes the identical groove as Darrell Waltrip does. They split the turn right down the middle, but Bonnet, who is now chased by Allison, closing on the leader. Two cars just about equal here at Daytona. They are both running single file with nobody to draft on right now, and Bonnet is closing. The pure later Mercury comes hounding down on Waltrip, and just behind Bonnet comes another Ford product in the form of Bobby Allison. They're back to Mike Joy. Waltrip's lead less than half a second. He works high on the racetrack. Barney, he's using the entire width of the racetrack down here in turns one and two. Out of the west banking, it is but 12 car lengths separating Waltrip and Bonnet. The two Ford products are moving faster right now than Maybelline, and they're closing in on him, and Neil Bonnet looks right to that back bumper as he moves into that third turn. Up to the banking, it's now just 10 car lengths, now down to 8 car lengths as Bonnet takes a bit of a lower ride. He closes to 7 car lengths down behind Darrell Waltrip as they go to the short shoot and back to the line. Like a shark chasing down a mullet, Neil Bonnet just gobbles up real estate and closes to less than one car length at the stripe on your leader, Darrell Waltrip. Sneaks a peek to the inside, and now he goes downstairs on Waltrip. Waltrip's three-second lead has evaporated. Bonnet has the Purolator Mercury. About three-quarters of a car width below. The Gatorade Oldsmobile drifts up with the groove and then comes slamming back to the bottom of the racetrack. Out of turn two, Waltrip comes low to cover the spot. Both cars edge up toward the wall, tied together in a tight trap. No traffic in front of them. As if Bonnet uses that slingshot, he moves down to the inside, takes a peek, can't quite move. Meantime, Bobby Allison trying to close that trap. It's nose to tail through turn three and four. Neil Bonnet breathing the automobile just a bit. Does he try and set up a slingshot off the turn? They move up and pass Kale Yarbrough as they go back to the trioval. The new breed in Winston Cup Grand National Competition does a tattoo and a tune at the start-finish line. It's Waltrip out front. Bonnet very loose, goes to the inside and challenges Waltrip for the lead. Bonnet dives into turn one and he has the lead. The Mercury is in front of the Firecracker 400. Waltrip drops back some five car lengths, and there's Bobby Allison with the Thunderbird clambering all over the rear bumper of the Gatorade Oldsmobile. Out of turn two, Allison continues to close on Waltrip and looks to move for second in the back stretch. Allison uh, moving down to the inside. He's going to get around Waltrip. Waltrip slowing down considerably there just a moment ago as Neil Bonnet has moved. 15, maybe 20 car lengths out in front of him. Bobby Allison now drop kicking Waltrip back to third place. It's about eight car lengths between first and second and another eight from second to third. It's going to be Neil Bonnet, Bobby Allison, and Darrell Waltrip back to the line. Coming down to complete the 78th circuit, it is Waltrip trailing in third. In second is Bobby Allison, and your leader of the Firecracker 400 is Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet leads the Firecracker 400 here at Daytona International Speedway. Bobby Allison is second, and now back to third position is Darrell Waltrip. They run nose to tail all by themselves on the speedway. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Kyle Petty. Kyle, first, what happened to your dad's tire, do you know? Well, evidently he ran over something because uh, we had just pitted and put on new right size and went out and come back in four or five laps later and then had a hole in it and was going down. Well, Kyle, you were scheduled to make your Winston Cup Grand National debut here at Daytona today. I know that you were disappointed that you're not out there. What is the plans now? Well, we're going to we're going to run this. We're going to run at the uh, Talladega race. Uh, we were come here and we tried here and tried at Charlotte and we crashed both times, but uh, maybe STP will stay with us long enough to run at Talladega. Will that be in the STP Dodge at Talladega? Yes, sir. I'll be in the STP Dodge and my father will be in the STP Oldsmobile more than likely. Are you going to run some on short tracks between now and then? We'll probably run a couple times. We're going to run over at uh, Caraway coming up to 7th here and uh, maybe we'll run a few more before then. 
Well, that was Kyle Petty, who was scheduled to be out on the track in the field today, but instead he's in the pits. So Kyle Petty will try again at Talladega for the Talladega 500 in August. Right now he's in Richard Petty's pit crew getting a workout here this afternoon, and Richard has his work cut out for him. In the story, he cut a tire, has now gone a lap down to the front four or five cars. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead, you can't get any better. Here they come across the stripe, Bonnet out front. Allison, Bobby Allison rides second, and third is Waltrip. We've got problems on the 46 of Travis Tiller. He's on the apron of the track, cruising back off number four to pit road. Travis Tiller slowing down, and one time he took the car to the garage early today. They made some repairs, put it back in the race, and Al Holbert, also who went behind the wall, reportedly to be back on the speedway. Ricky Rudd pits the Trucksmore Industries car, and here comes Lenny Pond on pit road as pit stops become the order of the day here at the Daytona International Speedway. That battle for the lead, it's heating up again in turn three. Yes, it is, and Neil Bonnet leads the pack as they move through this third turn, third and fourth turn. Bobby Allison not too far behind, then Darrell Waldrop. They work their way by race traffic going by James Hilton. Still nose to tail with Neil Bonnet showing the way back to the line. Bonnet right now leads him across the stripe here at the Daytona International Speedway, leading the Firecracker 400. This car, particular car of the Wood Brothers, has the best track record at Daytona of any car that's here this afternoon. They have been in victory lane more times than anyone. He takes them in traffic and heavy traffic in front of Mike Joy. Joe Milliken of the high groove, Ty Scott down below and Bonnet. Look to try to thread the needle out of turn two. They're in the backstretch now. Passing will be a bit easier. Bonnet tries to squeeze between Milliken and the wall. He moves by him now, and Ty Scott falls back in line behind those cars as the car number 21 pulls it out, and Bobby Allison looks like he was trying him on the high side, going almost to the wall. Indeed, Bobby Allison goes out towards the wall, can't find any room, and he tucks himself back into the relative safety of the area right behind Neil Bonnet. The second-place car has made an appearance on pit road. Bobby Allison, let's go to Ned Jarrett. And it's the change of all four tires, Barney, and a very quick pit stop to change all four, 25 and 17 seconds for the Bud Moore team. So it looks like routine pit stops will be coming up again here very shortly as right now the first of the front runners to make his appearance on pit road. Here is Darrell Waltrip's car. The Gatorade machine is in the pits. And again, let's go back to Ned Jarrett. And it would be a scheduled pit stop for Waltrip. If he comes down, we'll see if he's going to change all four. If he only takes on the outside tires, the Buddy Parrott Dieguard crew go to work on the outside. We have smoke showing off the number six. Claude Ballalena brings it off the number four turn, and he heads back to pit road, chugging along and smoking as he goes. So Claude Ballalina is taking his car back to the garage area, the JMS racing machine of G.C. Spencer. Waltrip still on pit road. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. It is a change of all four for Waltrip as the crew goes to the left side of the car now. Get it up. They have it full of gasoline. And Waltrip just sitting there waiting for him to get those left side tires. Now it's down, and he's away a little longer pit stop than did Bud Moore came for four tires. 29 and 110 seconds, the stop of the Diegard Gatorade racing team for the Oldsmobile of Darrell Waltrip. So pit stops will be coming up on all the front runners very shortly, and Here it looks like they're changing tires all the way around Eli Gold. Dave Marcus chugging his way off the number four corner. He again has problems on the 71 car, the hard luck driver for this year's campaign. Dave Marcus heads back to the pits. Dave Marcus bringing the Shawnee's car down on the pit road, the car number 71, the driver from Avery's Creek, North Carolina, and indeed he has had one Trouble over on the second corner, the car number 44 of Terry Labonte was just tapped by the car number 68 of Chuck Bound as they came through here and Bobby Allison now slides and bangs into him into the third turn. They slide down to the inside of the other car. The car number 70 of J.D. McDuffie spins off the track and goes down to the inside to miss the fracas. Two cars sitting down between the third and fourth turn. The number 44 of Terry Labonte and the number 15 of 
Bobby Allison. So the caution is displayed, and Neil Botta comes across the stripe and acknowledges it from Chip Warren, and he goes into the west end of the speedway at slow speed. As Ernie Moore and the rest of the crew here of the NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National officials have displayed caution all the way around the racetrack. And Jackie, a break for Neil Bonnet. He was about ready to come in for his schedule pit stop. Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison had just made four tire changes. Now Bonnet will get to do it under the caution. And that caution coming out on the 92nd circuit. And as you said, Ned, that will be a definite break. A tough break, however, for Bobby Allison. And for an update on the accident, let's go back to Hal Hamrick. The cars coming down the back straightaway. The two cars, the Chuck Bound car number 68 and the number 44 of Terry Labonte, had been battling quite a bit. Suddenly, Labonte's car moved to the outside. Bound hit the car on the back uh, bumper, causing him to spin. He went into the wall. Coming down the back straightaway, right behind them was the Bobby Allison machine. Bobby Allison, trying to avoid hitting the spinning car, spun his car, made contact with that car, went down to the end pill. He's down there now resting in the uh, cleanup crew. The officials are over now at the two cars. So that's the second caution flag of the day here at Daytona International Speedway of the Firecracker 400. This one coming out on the 92nd circuit. And right now, everybody is coming back into the pits. And Ned Jarrett, this is going to be a break for some of the drivers. Yes, it will, particularly those who had not made pin stops. Benny Parsons is in in the Griffin Marine Osmobile. He's one of those that would uh, benefit by this caution coming out as it did. And so is uh, Joe Milliken, who was just in. Donnie Allison coming in in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. So, good break for some and bad break for others. It will be a break for Neil Bonnet also because they are changing rubber all the way around, and it looks like, Ned, that everybody's changing four tires. Yes, they are. The left side tire wire is a little bit stronger here than they anticipated. Neil Bonnet now has a pure later Mercury headed down pit road. So does Benny Parsons. And as Benny rolls by, we can see a tire mark on the left door of that car. So he's had uh, contact with somebody out on the track. That's how close it's been out there. Richard Petty just in for the STP. Osmobile, and he also made uh, four tire changes. But the tire wear, particularly for the left side, has been, and I guess the heat is the reason for it, but it is wearing faster than usual. A.J. Foyt coming off the number four corner as he coasts into the pit road, the engine just barely chugging. Interestingly, A.J. cruised with what speed he had up the banking and then coasted back down the wall trying to pick up some impetus to carry him onto pit road. And the report from the Turn 3 area, Barney Hall, is that both Terry Labonte and Bobby Allison are all right. That comes from NASCAR. Let's take a look at the upcoming Winston Cup Grand National events, as well as the remainder of the MRN broadcasting schedule for 1979. Next stop for the Winston Cuppers, the Nashville 420. That's the Bush Nashville 420 from Nashville, Tennessee, on July 14th. Then on July 15th, the MRN Broadcasting Company will be on the air from Michigan International Speedway for the running of the Norton championship car auto racing teams event from Brooklyn's Michigan's two-mile facility. On July 29th, MRN and the Winston Cuppers will be in Pocono, Pennsylvania for the Coca-Cola 500. We'll be reunited once again at the world's fastest track. The Talladega 500 goes to the post on Sunday, August 5th at the 2.66-mile Alabama International Motor Speedway. Plan to be on hand or plan to tune in on the MRN Broadcasting Company. August 19th, it's back to the Michigan International Speedway for the Winston Cup Grand National Regulars in Brooklyn, Michigan for the champion spark plug 400 august 25th is the volunteer 500 from bristol tennessee september 3rd is the southern 500 in darlington south carolina september 9th for the winston cuppers it's the capital city 400 from richmond virginia mrn will be back on the air september 16th with the running of the delaware 500 from dover delaware on september 23rd mrn and the winston cup brigade will be at clay earl's old dominion 500 at the martinsville speedway september 30th it's the holly farms 400 from north wilkesboro north carolina then 
MRN and the Winston Cup Grand National competitors will invade the Charlotte, North Carolina Motor Speedway for the running of the Napa National 500. October 21st is the American 500 from Rockingham, North Carolina. November 4th is the Dixie 500 from Atlanta, Georgia. And the curtain will come down on the MRN Broadcasting Company schedule and the Winston Cup Grand National schedule in Los Angeles, California, nearby Ontario, California, for the running of the Los Angeles Times Charities 500. Let's update you how they are running during this caution period. In the lead is Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt runs in second, third spot belongs to Benny Parsons, and running in fourth on the same lap with the leaders is Chuck Bowne of Portland, Oregon, in the Truck Drivers of America, number 68. And for an update on that car, let's go to Ned Jarrett. He's heading out pit road right now, headed down towards the first turn. He has been in the pits on almost every lap during this caution period. They're putting tape on the front end. The grill is damaged badly on that car, but he is going to be able to continue and apparently remain in the same lap with the leaders. Uh, Harry Gant has been into the pits with the Western Steer Steakhouse Special and changed all four tires on that car, as most others have. And we need to make note of a fellow who has been out of competition for a while, and that's Rick Newsom of Rock Hill, South Carolina, who has fought his way back into this circuit again and qualifying, even though he qualified in the 40th position in the McGinnis Auto Repair Service. It's good to see Rick back in the running. And, Jackie, I'd like to take this opportunity to say a happy birthday to Hattie Noah, who is 86 years old, or will be in the next day or so. She is the oldest member of the Petty Fan Club and uh, celebrating her 86. So happy birthday, Miss Hattie. Well, I think one of the newest members of the Petty Fan Club is the senior vice president of STP, Mr. John Preston, and he has stopped by the booth to visit with us. Mr. Preston, your, your, well, your feelings, having seen this, this much of the Firecracker 400, it really has been a very competitive event. Well, the uh, NASCAR racing always is competitive, but uh, we're hoping we see a duplication of the uh, race back in February when our man Richard Petty won. Well, you can't count Petty out yet, although he is now being posted as one lap in arrears. There's still plenty of racing to go, and we can recall many races where drivers have gone as many as three and four laps down, namely Petty in Dover, Delaware, and managed to battle back to take the lead. STP has always used automobile racing as their chief marketing tool. You continue to do so. Have you just, you know, feel that motor racing is the way to go to reach the consumer with the products that you put up? Well, Jackie, this is our 25th year as a corporation, and we've been a part of racing all of that 25 years, and we expect to be part of racing for many, many years more. It certainly is a part of our heritage. We think it's a part of our future. The people that uh, enjoy racing are the kind of people who enjoy taking care of their own cars, and we hope to serve their needs for a long time to come. Sounds to me as if it's a very positive end, a very good marketing tool, and you people have honed it down to a very, as you would say, get the competitor's edge. You have done it with the STP Corporation. We have had the announcement, an exclusive on the MRN Broadcasting Company as well, that Kyle Petty now will be making his return to Winston Cup Grand National competition, attempting to qualify for his first race at Talladega, Alabama. I imagine the entire STP crew will be on hand for that one. We're certainly looking forward to it. We think Kyle's got a great deal of talent and a great deal of potential, and uh, we're, we're happy to be backing him. I think there's no question as to who John Preston is pulling for. Richard Petty and the STP Oldsmobile, thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you enjoy the remainder of the Firecracker 400. Thanks, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. The vice president of the STP Corporation, Mr. John Preston, we're about ready to get underway with a return to green flag racing action with Darryl, with Benny Parsons showing in second position directly in front of Parsons is your leader, the Purolator Mercury of Neil Bonnet. Running in third is Dale Earnhardt.
Here at Daytona International Speedway, they are now posting Neil Bonnet as your leader, Benny Parsons running second, Dale Earnhardt in third, and still on the same lap, but at the tail of the lead lap is Darrell Waltrip in the fourth spot. Richard Petty is posted in the fifth position. He is one lap down. Running in the sixth position is Lenny Pond, while running in the seventh spot would be Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. The Pontiac Silverbird Souvenir Edition Trans Am that is the official pace car here at Daytona International Speedway leads the field in turn four in front of Eli Gold for a restart. Right now it's going to be the double file restart as that Pontiac Silverbird begins to pick up a pace just a bit. Richard Petty as they start a double file with Darrell Waltrip they hold the pace down but now the pace car tucks away and they're heading back to the line for a start. Darrell Waltrip tries to get up through the gearbox as quickly as he can and he does not want to go down a lap. He is on the tail end of the lead lap. As they head off into turn number one, Petty comes slicing down to the inside trying to get his lap back that he lost a little bit earlier as they dice for the lead in turn one. Petty is unsuccessful. He's on the bottom of the racetrack. Everybody else is up high. Waltrip leads the pack on the tail end of the lead lap. Two cars behind him is Neil Bonnet. Bonnet looks to the inside out of turn two trying to put Waltrip a lap down. Neil Bonnet tucks it in down on the inside. He has to go to the high side now as there are a couple of cars in front of him. He has to file, single file, down this back straightaway. It's Joe Milligan and that die guard car just in front of him. Neil Bonnet glued to the low side. Now he slips back up high. Still rides about a half a groove lower than Joe Milligan. He tries to work by him. Can't do so. It's still going to be Neil Bonnet followed by Benny Parsons and Dale Earnhardt. Back to the line. Lead draft comes back across the stripe as they chase Waltrip. Now he's on the tail end of that lead lap. Does not want to go a lap down. Bonnet is your leader. Riding second is Parsons. Third right now. Position belongs to the rookie Dale Earnhardt. An unusual firecracker 400 here at Daytona International Speedway. Buddy Baker and Darrell Waltrip jumped out early this afternoon. Looked like they might run away and leave the field for a while. Baker has retired his car. And now all of a sudden, Neil Bonnet looks extremely strong here this afternoon. Waltrip, Jackie Root, is on the tail end of that lead lap trying to hang in there and hope for a caution flag to get back up. And we can update you on the front six. Taking a look at the front six, it is Neil Bonnet, your leader. Benny Parsons running second. Dale Earnhardt is third. And we have been neglecting the truck drivers of America entry for Winston West champion, former Winston West champion, Chuck Bond of Portland, Oregon. A tremendous run thus far from fourth position for the Jim Testa Racing Team and Chuck Bound. Darrell Waltrip is in fifth, then one lap down is Richard Petty in the STP Oldsmobile. They have just completed 100 laps, 250 miles are down, and the Firecracker 400 here this afternoon. It's still Neil Bonnet riding out front as they move up to Eli Gold. He's got Benny Parsons, a car length and a half behind him, then it's nose to tail with Dale Earnhardt running third. Your leaders work by a still ailing Dave Marcus who heads to the pitch. Your leaders back to the line. Again, the racing heats up. Up here at Daytona as the front three run nose to tail trying to take the lead away from Neil Bonnet. Benny Parsons a strong run for this car here this afternoon and perhaps his best of the year as they work the banking in front of Mike Joy. Bobby Allison when he was in this race party was the best handling car on the racetrack. He could go down low in turn one and pass anybody except Neil Bonnet. And Bonnet has been able to keep his car low at this end of the racetrack. That's been part of the key to his success so far. Neil Bonnet has chased down Darrell Waltrip. He's trying to put a lap on him right now. He moves down to the inside slingshot. He's got him a lap down. Neil goes to the low side. Darrell Waltrip trying to tuck himself back in and try and slingshot back onto the same lead if he can. Back to the line. Exiting turn number four. It's going to be Neil Bonnet. Nose to tail with the attempt of Bonnie Parsons and Dale Earnhardt. Taking a look is Darrell Waltrip. He is one lap down. He's smoke showing on the number seven of Al Holbert. As Holbert wrestles at seven, he's got a cut right front tire. It's tire smoke showing from the right side of the car. 
continues to zigzag its way to pit road. Meanwhile, the leaders work in front of Mike Joy. Four-car lead draft. Neil Bonnet leads. Lap car, Neil Bonnet. Benny Parsons and Dale Earnhardt. Then about 20 car lengths back to Lenny Pond. Down this back straightaway, once again, Waltrip trying to get back in the lead lap, but now it's Benny Parsons. Benny Parsons trying to make a move. The Dale Waltrip machine moves down the inside of the car number 21. He takes, gets back in that lead lap once again. Right now, Benny Parsons showing about three car lanes behind Neil Bonnet and a car lane back to Dale Earnhardt. Again, Neil Bonnet looks at the inside of Waltrip, trying to put him another lap down. Chuck Bound is in the fourth spot. Daryl Waltrip is fifth. Richard Petty is sixth. The Hawaiian Tropic Machine of Donnie Allison is seventh. Lenny Pond is eighth. Harry Gant is ninth. And running in tenth and looking for a relief driver is the Oldsmobile, the Fast Lane Limited car for Gary Ballou. As we said, your tenth place machine, Gary Ballou, experiencing some fatigue and the call has gone out and running with his helmet on down to the Gary Ballou Fast Lane Limited pit in front of Ned Jarrett is Terry Labounty. The word is, is that Labounty will be going in the car. They are posting the consultation flag for car number 87 who is showing in the 10th spot, Barney. So the heat beginning to get to a couple of the drivers here this afternoon and the battle back in the pack between Richard Petty and about eight more cars as they work their way to Mike Joy. They have really been shifting those positions around. Rookie Joe Milliken is also in there. Milliken is in the thick of it, up in the high groove. Petty in the middle. Donnie Allison on the low side. A.J. Foyt behind him. Ricky Rudd and Dick Brooks who were fighting for position all in the thick of it midway down the backstretch. And in the leaders, it's the car number two of Dale Earnhardt as he tries to slip into second place. He moves around Benny Parsons and takes that number two position. Benny went to the high side, and Earnhardt just slipped right back up that banking and found himself running second nose to tail with Neil Bonnet. They go by the 17 car, D.K. Ulrich in relief of Roger Happy. That car heads to the pit. As they cross the start-finish line, Darrell Waltrip is determined he will not go a lap down to Neil Bonnet. Bonnet put him one down a moment ago. Darrell just came charging back, and they have been jockeying back and forth, getting awfully close to each other, Mike Joy. It's close competition down here. It turns one and two, and they're working the whole width of the racetrack, going in low in one. By the time they get mid point between one and two they're way up on the high groove and then slam it back down low again neil bonnet is trying to put that lap down on daryl walter but he has to look in that rear view mirror because right behind him is the rookie dale earnhardt and dale earnhardt would like nothing better than to lead the firecracker 400 the group is not quite as high in turns three and four though earnhardt has been rim riding last couple of times through he's way out towards the high wall it's still single file the tight four cars back to the line Gary Ballou is on pit road. The driver exchange is underway. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And Lenny Pond is also on pit road in the Burger King entry with the hood up on that car. The engine was not running as he came by our position. Now Gary Ballou literally falls out of the car so that Terry Labonte can get in that car, which is engineered by Tiger Tom Pistone, who used to be a race driver himself. They're losing a lot of valuable time here, running in 10th place. A very good run for that entry here this afternoon, but having to make this driver change under the green is going to be costly for them. Lead action peaks up to a boil in turn three, going towards Eli Gold. It's going to be Darrell Waltrip still trying to stay in the lap of the leaders. Neil Bonnet looks at the low side, can't get by. It's still going to be nose to tail. Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt, Benny Parsons. They sweep off the high banking and head back to the line, single file. As they come down across the stripe, the front three, nose to tail, continue to battle for the lead here. The Firecracker 400, Bonnet right now looks awfully strong at this stage of the race with less than 150 miles to go. The rookie driver, Earnhardt, what a performance he has put on here this afternoon as Benny Parsons also has surprised a lot of folks by running up front even before some of the top equipment has had problems here today. Right now the eighth place car that was shown on our last rundown has been pushed behind the pit wall the Burger King machine of Lenny Pond and bad luck continues to plague that car 
And there's been a good battle most of the afternoon also since we started the back under green here between Richard Petty and Donnie Allison for sixth and seventh position. At the Daytona International Speedway, that battle we were talking about between Neil Bonnet and Darrell Waltrip trying to keep Waltrip from going a lap down goes door to door to Mike Joy. Bonnet on the low side was ahead of Waltrip in turn number one, but out of two. Waltrip has the advantage. Bonnet will be caught out of the draft on the low side in the backstretch. And, of course, Dale Earnhardt will be trying to take advantage of it, but slipping back into that groove is that car number 21. He's still right behind the Darrell Waltrip machine, so Waltrip still in that lead lap. It was strong driving by Neil Bonnet, caught out of the draft momentarily, but did not drop positions to Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons. It's still those three, single file, joined by Waltrip back to the trioval. From Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. As three drivers scoot around here for the lead at the Daytona International Speedway, rookie Dale Earnhardt now has it, and dropping back to second position is Bonnet. Still in third place right now is Benny Parsons. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Tom Pistone, who is the engineer of the car that Gary Ballou is in. Tom, what happened to Gary? He just got heat exhaustion. This is the first race he's drove in Grand National on a hot day like this. He'd be all right. Tom, we haven't seen you around Grand National competition for quite a while. You've had a lot of interest in sportsman racing. What about the future? I'm going to stay with the Grand National. Me and Rossi and Bill Harvey, the car owner, decided that we're going to run three more races for the rest of the year. Mario Rossi also hadn't been around quite a while, and you got him back in now. Well, I found him in 1958, and I guess I'm going to have to keep him. Hey, that's Tiger Tom Pistone. Now back to the tower. That battle is a good one, Mike Joy, for the lead. Neil Bonnet worked his way underneath Dale Earnhardt in two, turn two, and Bonnet is in front again. It certainly is, and they have pulled that car number 88 of Darrell Waltrip behind him, and here comes Waltrip. He moves around the Dale Earnhardt car. He tries to get up with the car number 21. Can't quite make it. Can't do so, and right now it's Waltrip who tucks himself in front of Benny Parsons, who runs third in the racing order. Single file off the four banking. It's going to be Neil Bonnet, followed by Dale Earnhardt, nose to tail. Jackie Root, I don't believe I've seen Neil Bonnet run as hard as he has here today. Whatever maneuver it's took to get up front, he has been there, and right now he leads the Firecracker 400 over Dale Earnhardt by just inches. Neil Bonnet, is there some reserve to the Purolator Mercury, or are you going to have to run it flat out and belly to the ground? I can, uh, they're pulling low gears. It makes their motors work real hard during the race. And in turn, for me to run the same speed they're running, I don't have to run wide open. And then when I want to run wide open, then they got to chase me a little bit. So, uh, you know, I'm really optimistic about the race. Well, thus far, he leads this Firecracker 400 as they go to the east end of the speedway in front of Eli Gold. It's going to be Neil Bonnet, Darrell Waltrip getting somewhat out of shape, but he carols it back in nicely. Waltrip on the low side got somewhat squirrely. He's okay now as it's again single file with Bonnet leading Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons. Waltrip trying desperately to stay up in that lead draft. He does not want to fall too far back in the pack should they get a caution flag, and he has the horses. He wants to scoot around and get back in the same lap with the leaders. Right now, he is down. Leader. Bonnet down in turn one. Riding second is Earnhardt. Third is Benny Parsons. And Mike Joy, those cars look awfully equal as we get down to the final 100 miles here momentarily. Less than a car leg separate the Barney, but Bonnet looks to be working turn two the best. Here goes Earnhardt, though, to the low side. A look to pass for the lead. Earnhardt has tried it on the inside. He tries to the high side. Now Darrell Waltrip tries to move inside. He moves inside of the Dale Earnhardt car, but he can't get around Neil Bonnet. Earnhardt, of course, in turns three and four. It's like short track Saturday night on the super speedway. He's slipping and sliding, trying to pick up positions as he goes. He whisks by door handle to door handle with Darrell Waltrip. You mentioned that Lenny Pond had pulled the Burger King Oldsmobile behind the wall. He's here with us right now. Lenny, what went wrong? Well, Ned was running real good, and uh, I felt real good about the way the day was going, but 
Going in the back stretch and you started tightening up and I just shut it off and come on in. So your tough luck continues, it looks like. Yeah, Ned, we, you know, we've got to running pretty good now. I'm looking forward to coming back, getting to the next race, coming, you know, going to Talladega and getting back in everywhere. But today just wasn't a day for it. Well, even though he's out of this race, his spirits are still uh, high. Ned, I'd like to take a minute to thank the Burger King people all over the country for helping us participate in this race. And I just wish we could have went all the way for him. Well, I know that you do. And Barney Hall, K.O. Yarborough, continues to have his problems also in the Bush Beer Oldsmobile. He's lost a couple of more cylinders. He's still out there running, but very slowly on about five cylinders. Here comes the leader, Neil Bonnet, across the start finish line as he moves back down to turn number one and what a show they have put on for the fans this afternoon neil bonnet and daryl waltrip although daryl a moment ago was a lap down he is just determined to stay on the tail end of that lead lap and hope for a caution that car is extremely strong the front three are in front of mike joy bonnet continues to catch the th free ride from waltrip that may be a good thing for him barney hall because if earnhardt comes out to pass for the lead he'll be out of the draft and that could shuffle him back a bit in the running order they're coming down this back straightaway, and again, a very determined Darrell Waltrip stays in front of that Neil Bonnet car as they go into the third turn. Neil right now holding down the Hueytown, Alabama interest here. Of course, Bobby Allison and Donnie Allison already have fallen, by the way. It's going to be Bonnet leading Dale Earnhardt and Buddy Parsons. And Barney Hall, Donnie Allison just made an unscheduled pit stop off Ellington. What was wrong? Well, uh, uh, Ned, we've uh, been running hot. We're trying to draft on Petty, you know. Well, the morning caller, you got to draft, so that's what happened. They just drafted and it got real too hot, and it's really hotter today, I can tell you. Hoss, you brought the Monte Carlo here thinking that it was going to be hot and the track would be slick and it might have a handling advantage, but has it worked out that way? Well, Neil, we've been handling pretty good. Well, first of all, we got a bad, you know, had a tire to get out of balance. We had to make an unscheduled pit stop, and then we got a lap down, then, you know, then this heating problem really got us. Uh, we figured the Monte Carlo would handle it good, but, you know, we got a draft after it's running hot. So now he's going to have to ride it out with the car overheating. So that's the word on the Donnie Allison car. He and both Bobby have had problems this afternoon. Bobby, of course, involved in a crash over in turn number three that has eliminated his efforts in the Firecracker 400. Neil Bonnet continues to lead in the Purolator Mercury. Dale Earnhardt is running in the second spot. Third position belongs to Benny Parsons. Fourth to Chuck Bound, the Winston West champion, formerly out of, Porter, out of Portland, Oregon. Now at the tail end of the lead lap is the Diegard Gatorade racing machine for Darrell Waltrip. Then one lap down in sixth position is the STP Oldsmobile of Richard Petty. And a call should go down to Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, driving the Race Hill Farms Western Steer Steakhouse Special. They are being posted in the seventh position. Just a moment ago, Jackie, the uh, Chuck Bound car was passed by those leaders, so that will move him behind Darrell Waltrip now in fifth place. Interesting to know, Waltrip and Neil Bonnet as they exit number four corner, showing some daylight, the largest we've seen all day between themselves and Dale Earnhardt and Benny Parsons. And attrition has begun to raise the toll once again of retirees, and for that story, let's go to Joe Alloy. Fourteen automobiles are out of competition. Of those number, ten are out because of mechanical problems. That of Richard Childress, Carl Ballolino, Al Hobart, Lenny Pond, Cecil Gordon, Buddy Baker, Brent Adcox, Travis Tiller, Bruce Hill, and Frank Warren. Bobby Allison, Jimmy Finger, Sandy Satulo, and Terry Labonte, of course, were involved in automobile accidents on the track and had to retire their cars. Fourteen cars out of competition in the garage area. Joe Milliken in the appliance wheels Oldsmobile comes in very dartingly onto pit road, Barney Hall, and your leader is on pit road, the Purolator Mercury. We pause now for station identification. Green flag stop. 
for the Purelator Mercury. Your leader, Neil Bonnet of Ueytown, Alabama. The Wood Brothers have gone to work changing right side rubber on the machine, Barney. And also the second place car is in the pits, and he is going to beat Bonnet out. That would be Benny Parson in the Griffin Marine car, and he is going to beat him out as they head back down into turn number one. Now, still hoping for a break and a caution. You can bet Waltrip will stay out there until the very last minute with the Gatorade machine. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And we're standing by in the Osterlin Enterprises pits of Dale Earnhardt. They're fixing to bring him in for what should be the driver's last scheduled pit stop. A.J. Foyt has just brought the Valvoline Osmobile in for a change of right side tires and of course a tank of fuel. No, now they've decided not to change the tires on that car and he's pitting directly behind Dale Earnhardt. It could be a problem for Earnhardt as he comes into the pits. He has to stop and then pull in. He lost about a second there as they go to the right side on that car. They were going to make a chassis adjustment on the car. J.C. Elder was there with the wrench. He just threw it back across the wall because they'd lost that time in the pits. They're going to have to let it go as it is. So it's a change of right side tires and gasoline. They're down and now he's away. So Earnhardt's going to lose a second or so in the pits and that could be the difference in winning or losing here this afternoon after a splendid run for Dale Earnhardt. So right now all three of the front cars have made their pit stops. Earnhardt, Bonnet, and Benny Parsons. A.J. Foyt in the pits and cost him a second or so there on Earnhardt's machine. Jackie Aruba. So NASCAR is now posting Chuck Bowne as your leader. Running in second would be Darrell Waltrip. In third position would be Benny Parsons. In fourth spot would be car number 21. That's the Pure Later Mercury. Fifth to Dale Earnhardt. Richard Petty one lap down is sixth. Harry Gant is seventh. Ricky Rudd is eighth. A.J. Foyt, two laps off the pace, is ninth. And Joe Milliken is being posted in tenth. Dick Brooks is eleventh. Buddy Arrington is twelfth. Thirteenth to Bill Elliott. The Hawaiian Tropic car was posted in 14th position with Donnie Allison at the controls. Cuckoo Marlin is in 15th spot. After the driver exchange that has put Terry Labonte in the fast lane limited entry of Gary Ballou, they are in 16th position. James Hilton is 17th. D.K. Ulrich is 18th. 19th to Dave Marcus. The Roger Hamby machine is now being shown in the 20th spot. Cale Yarbrough trailing badly in 21st position. Jimmy Means is in 22nd. Blackie Wangren is 23rd. Rick Newsom's car is 24th, 25th to J.D. McDonald. Duffy, and car number 54 is being shown in the 26th position. Check that. We're going we're gonna to call that 64. That'll be Tommy Gale of North Huntington, Pennsylvania. And it looks like we have a record speed going for the Firecracker 400, 168.32 miles an hour. That definitely is a record at this stage of the game. Barney Hall, I'm standing by with J.C. Elder, who is the crew chief on the Austerlin Enterprises car driven by Dale Earnhardt. You lost about an extra second there when he came into the pits, uh, J.C., because of A.J. Point in the way. Yeah, A.J. was leaving at the same time we was trying to get in. That cost us about a full second there. J.C., we mentioned early on the program that you had to go to the hospital for a checkup this morning, but you've been back here working. You feeling okay? Yeah, I feel pretty good, Ned. You mentioned the Dale's awfully hot out there. Is he going to be able to make it? Yeah, I think he'll make it now. Okay, that's J.C. Elder. Feeling good right now, the way that car's running. And now Chuck Bowne and Daryl Walter have presented their cars on pit road, so that will give Neil Bonnet the lead as they head to Eli Gold. Neil Bonnet, of course, in that pure later Mercury, working that middle groove of turn number three and four. Benny Parsons, about two car lanes behind him, working by the race traffic. They whisk by Tommy Gale. They're led by Joe Milliken back down to the line. There's some 10 million listeners that we have, over 700 radio stations. Neil Bonnet is your leader. Benny Parsons runs in second. Dale Earnhardt is being posted in the third spot. Daryl Waltrip now back on the same lap.
lap with the leaders is in fourth. Chuck Bowne is one lap back in fifth position and moving into sixth is Richard Petty. In seventh spot is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, Barney. They're showing the front five in the same lap of competition, but a moment ago, Neil Bonnet comes slicing underneath Darrell Waltrip, but again, as they move up to Hal Hamrick, it looks like he's put him a lap down. He definitely has. He's moved around Waltrip, putting Waltrip a lap behind, and that car number 21 of Neil Bonnet just seems to grow better and better all the way through this race. A while ago, the car number 27 of Benny Parsons had him by about a second and a half. He just drove by him. Party, you mentioned a moment ago that Rick Newsom had been replaced by Cecil Gordon. Rick standing by. Are you okay now, Rick? Did you get too hot? Yeah, I'm okay now. I had some blisters on my hands and feet. When I got out of the car, the heat got to me. And uh, so, so I put Cecil Gordon in, and he's doing a good job. Neil, I'd like to thank um, Mars Incorporated, which it stands for McGinnis Auto uh, Repair Service, for putting that car back together for me, and they're doing a heck of a job in the pits. My crew chief is Tim McGinnis and Jim Sutton, and they're new at it, but they're doing a heck of a job, and I just want to thank them, because without them, I wouldn't be here. Rick, it's good to see you back on the circuit. Rick Newsom, who has been absent for almost a year on the Grand National Tour. Here comes the front twosome, nose to tail, back into the trial. And right now, they're going to have to work their way through lap traffic. And that might be a break for Benny Parsons, as he can gain some ground on the leader, Neil Bonnet. They shuffle off down into the number one corner to Mike Joy. Tight down in turn one with Chuck Bound. D.K. Ulrich's car running in the low groove. Dave Marcus is up high. Ricky run ahead of them as the leaders bear down on Chuck Bound's machine. Bonnet with Waltrip and Parsons closing up. Uh-oh, too wide traffic. It's Bound and Marcus side by side. Bonnet trying to squeeze up against the wall. Bonnet did squeeze up against the wall. He moved by and he held Waltrip behind him. Meantime, Benny Parsons closed just a little bit as they were going through that maneuver. Neil Bonnet goes to the high side of Ricky Rudd as they still sneak their way through race traffic. High, they come off the turn. It's going to be Darrell Waltrip going too wide now as he challenges Neil Bonnet. Across the stripe, Bonnet tries to stave off Darrell Waltrip. No way. Waltrip just determined to stay in that lead lap as he shuffles underneath him back into the number one corner, and he is back in the lap with the leaders. Neil Bonnet right now pulls away from Benny Parsons by about a second down in the west banking of the speedway, and what a day he has had with that pure later car, the winningest car on the circuit as far as Daytona in recent Races over the last 10 years, this car has been in victory lane some five times with David Pearson aboard in this firecracker race. Jackie Root. And Barney, as you talk to Neil Bonnet, we can remember when he first came with the Hawaiian Tropic machine to Daytona International Speedway, and then he ran his own machines for so many years, got the break with Harry Hyde in car number 71, the K&K insurance ride. Then, of course, he went to the ill-fated Jim Stacy team, and he was always very uptight, very hyper. He would talk to the press, but now when you talk to Neil Bonnet, there seems to be a lot more mellowness to this gentleman from Huey town alabama and i asked him about it yesterday afternoon well i think i used to have to do like a lot of football players when they're on a mediocre team they used to are uh, uh, going up against the best team in the league you know you gotta get pumped up you gotta get mentally prepared to go do it where i'm uh, i'm mechanically prepared to do it now i can go climb in that race car that car is capable of on any given day running up front it's, and it sure is making it easier so with three cars in the lead lap right now, it looks like Neil Bonnet has everything his way, but how quickly things can change in Winston Cup racing. We've got smoke on the Cuckoo Marlin car, the number 14, the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet. It makes its way with smoke billowing out the right side onto pit road. Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, drifts his car down to the bottom of the racetrack and indeed pits it, and here comes... Darrell Waltrip, and he is ill. Waltrip puts his hand out the window and shakes it at Neil Bonnet as they come across the start-finish line. They may have also been making a gesture to something on pit road as that battle works back down into turn number one, Jackaroot. 
The battle is hot and heavy. One lap down, or trying to keep from going a lap down, is Daryl Waltrip. They're side by side in front of Mike Joy. Bonna jumps down to the inside, slamming down off turn number two. They are dead even midway down the backstretch. Neil Bonnet trying to get around the Darrell Waltrip machine. Waltrip just determined to stay out in front of it. Beats him to the corner. Waltrip just steps on the button. He cuts down low. It's going to be single file. Those two taking the middle groove through turn three and four. Betty Parsons closing the five car lengths down. Off the number four corner. Neil Bonnet looks to the inside. Can't make a move and he's back single file. All of this action in the front position against Darrell Waltrip and... and uh, that would be Neil Bonnet has been an advantage for Benny Parsons. Parsons is now gathered in that front running car, the Pure Later Mercury, and he's beginning to challenge in front of Mike Joy. Parsons closes to We have problems. Earnhardt up in the wall in turn number four. He comes off the banking, retains control. Well, but Earnhardt, a high hair-raising ride, goes into the wall in number four, but he's back under power in, in front of the tower. You can see the scrub marks on Earnhardt's car as he shuffles off into the number one corner. The damage does not appear to be serious. He just brushed the wall up in turn number four, but it's cost him a little ground on the front runners. Meanwhile, here comes Neil Bonnet back into turn number four as he continues to lead Benny Parsons by about five car lengths. Daryl Waltrip, who was trying to keep from going a lap down, was battling hammer and tong with your leader, Neil Bonnet, and he was shaking his fist several laps back and for a report on what that could have been about. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Buddy Parrott, the crew chief on it. Daryl was making some hand gestures as he came across the start-finish line a couple of times. Buddy, what was it about? Well, he's probably just wetting the, uh, wiping the sweat out of his eye, uh, Ned. He's also hot out there. You know, all the drivers are really super hot. The track's hot. Everybody's hot. Uh, but I think it's a super race. We just got caught uh, on a caution. We had to come in early. Uh, Daryl had a bad tire on the left side. And... Uh, he was scared to run any longer, and uh, Bobby Allison came in and got four tires, so uh, we elected to do that because we thought maybe we might have a bad left side tire. So that was the reason, and uh, it was just a bad, you know, it, I hate that we got a lap down, but that's the way racing is. Well, apparently, Waltram has not mad at anybody with those gestures that he was making. He's just trying to pull some air in, and his buddy said just pulling his glasses up. Well, one of the fellows that's hoping to pull some air in and turn things around for the Bush Beer people as they apply to Cale Yarbrough is Monty Roberts, the marketing manager for the Bush Beer brand. Monty, 1979 has been, not been the best year as it applies to Cale Yarbrough, but for the Bush Beer people, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Most people forget about the fact that in addition to your sponsorship of Cale Yarbrough and Junior Johnson, the Bush Beer Poll Awards have gone up for grabs with an increase in money, and there seems to be an increase in a renewed enthusiasm about the run for the poll. We've had so many different fellas go for the poll. Looks like the Bush Clash in 1980 could be one whale of a race. Well, Jackie, we're working on the class right now. We've been negotiating with the networks, and uh, there's nothing definite on it yet, but we sure intend to have it if the networks will cooperate with us. And it looks like we might have a field of 12 or 15 cars. The success of Bush Beer as it applies to motorsports, has it been a good marketing, marketing tool for you people? Yeah, I was walking through the infield here earlier today, and it's a sea of Bush Beer cans, uh, which makes us very happy. Well, heading for the mountains, Cale Yarbrough for virtually is out of it today. If you had to pick someone other than Cale, who do you think it'll be when it goes to the stripe? Well, I kind of look at it Benny Parsons. Looking for Benny Parsons is the marketing manager of Bush Beer, and that's Monty Roberts. Monty, thanks so much for stopping by. The action continues to be hot and heavy on the racetrack with Neil Bonnet, your leader. As they come across the stripe, 22 and a half miles to go in the Firecracker 400 here this afternoon for Neil Bonnet. Meanwhile, Benny Parsons rides in that three-car draft with Bonnet 
and Waltrip. Waltrip now is a lap down as he rides in the draft, trying to get his lap back, and he seems for the moment just content to hope for a break, Mike Joy. He and also Benny Parsons has been playing that waiting game. He has not made a move and let Waltrip and Bonnet fight their own private battle. The Parsons just sits there in second spot, waiting and hoping. Shuffling off in, in front of you, Hal Hamrick, and it looks like Bonnet's car is working better in the turns than anybody here today. Very definitely, he's going a lot deeper into the turns, and this gives him the advantage. A little earlier, Darrell Waltrip had that advantage, but now it's definitely the uh, advantage of Neil Bonnet. Well, as they come down to complete 152 laps of the 160-lap event, the Firecracker 400 here at Daytona, Bonnet almost got tagged coming down into the trial. It ran up on one of the lapped automobiles and it made a move down to the inside of the racetrack and had to make a very evasive maneuver. Almost got the car out of shape. They're back to Mike Joy. That's not the first time lap traffic has been a problem. Neil shaves it awfully close on the lap cars. Early in the race, Jimmy Means got into him, but right now he's about four car lengths ahead of Waltrip and Benny Parsons starts to go to the inside. Waltrip making a move, but uh, here comes Benny Parsons. Benny Parsons moves down to the inside. It looks like he's trying to reel in Neil Bonnet's car. At this point, with just seven laps remaining, Benny Parsons says, let's set sights on Neil Bonnet. He cuts it down to about a five-car lane deficit as they work their way to the short shoot and back to the line. This car has a history of kind of laying back a little bit, never showing their hand until the final laps of any race. When David Pearson was aboard, that we saw that so many different times. Whether Neil Bonnet will use that here today or it will be his technique of driving as he progresses in the Wood Brothers team, as anybody guessed. But right now, we see up in turn number one, Benny Parsons has moved around. He's got to make his move in the next few laps, Mike Joy. Lap traffic getting heavy. A lot of smoke coming from Dee Gulrick's car. Too wide, the traffic with Point and Elliott on the outside. Bonnet looks for racing room. Bonnet almost up against the wall. Now the traffic moves down. A.J. Point moves down, and Bonnet scoots by him. Neil, how's the running room right now? It's got about 12 car lanes over Benny Parsons. Another eight back to Darrell Waltrip, who runs at the tail end. Now, is this Neil Bonnet working off the number four corner? Benny Parsons trying to set sights as they head back to the trioval. As Ned Jarrett makes go, his, Jackie Root. And as Ned Jarrett makes his way to victory lane, lurking in the shadows is Benny Parsons in the MC Anderson racing efforts. The Griffin Marine Supply Oldsmobile is running up to snuff. And Barney Hall, it could be a battle right back down to the finish line here as they work this final lap here before we get the open fist of Chip Warren and five laps to go. This has been a strong run for Benny Parsons here today. He qualified extremely strong and surprised a lot of folks and they just have not been able to put the team together this year and he said when it all gelled he felt like they would win. I think that you know sure the last couple of months it's been pretty bad but uh, we're on plan B now and I think plan B is going to work out to be pretty good and I think uh, that we are now somewhere close to winning a race. I think the crew is capable. I think that, you know, everyone is capable. It's just a matter now we've got to get uh, everything to stay together for five, 600 miles or 400, whatever the distance is. And uh, we're ready. It's just we got to get the brakes, and one of these days we're going to do it. Five laps to go for Benny Parsons and Neil Bonnet. They're nose to tail down in turn number one, and he has closed it down to just about a car length here in the straightaway. Lapping J.D. McDuffie, the lead expands to three car lengths. Parsons has been so patient all season, all morning here in this Firecracker 400. They dive to the inside of lap traffic. Bonnet, then Parsons staying glued to him. Parsons moves just with Bonnet as they move down to the inside. He's close it down to two car lengths. Meantime, Dale Earnhardt is 32 seconds behind in third. We've not seen much experimentation by Benny Parsons. He closes now to a three car length deficit. Make it two car lengths to Neil Bonnet. Off the number four corner. It's going to be single file back to the line in a hot battle. Parsons had drafted in practice late yesterday afternoon with Bonnet, so they know what oh, each other can do. Oh, trouble in turn two. Blackie Wangerin 
spinning up against the wall, gets his car down to the apron. Here come the leaders by Dale Earnhardt moves past. Everyone will get through without incident as Wangerin rode 800 feet around up to the wall in turn number two, just barely tagged it and slid down in front of a group of cars. No other car made contact. Everybody is okay. Back to you in the tower. No caution on the speedway as they continue to wind their way around as we wind down here in the Firecracker 400. Moving. That car is parked in a precarious position out here in the grass at turn number two. Blackie Wagner trying to fire the car and move it out of harm's way has not yet been able to do so. Barney, I'm standing in the pits beside a David Diff. David, what is the game plan from here? Can they pass him? He's talking to Benny on the radio right now as Ricky Rudd comes down pit road. An unscheduled pit stop for him, a very late stop. Now Benny has fallen back about five car lengths as they go into that turn one. David, is he going to be able to pass him? I don't, if there's traffic in the way, he's a lot stronger than we are. You know, if he gets the right brakes, we might pull it off. Okay, that's David F., the crew chief on that Griffin Marino's mobile driven by Benny Parson. But it looks, Barney Hall, as if maybe Darrell Waltrip is trying to assist in the same way that Richard Petty did. Benny Parsons, he closes on Neil Bonnet. They have hitched up in a draft, and it seems, seems to be working in turn three. They're closing that draft, and there's a lot of traffic in front. If that helps the Benny Parsons hopes, then uh, they've got the traffic. They made it three wide in the turn as Neil Bonnet had to work to avoid the Ty Scott automobile. Benny Parsons looks to the outside, looks to the inside, and now it's single file to the line. Bonnet took it right out to the wall up in the middle of turn three and four when he came up on a lapped automobile. Parsons sneaks a peek on the outside, then comes back to the inside, and he is there. He is on the deck lid as they move back into turn one. Lap traffic will be a factor in the backstretch with about two laps to go. Two car lengths separate the leaders as Blackie Wagger's car is pulled to safety. Neil Bonnet swings it down low out of turn two. The run down the backstretch. Parsons is three car lengths behind them. Coming down that back chute, it's still Parsons trying to catch that Neil Bonnet car. They pulled away from Darrell Waldrop just a little bit. There's traffic just in front of them in the fourth turn. Neil Bonnet works it on the low side. Betty Parsons takes the identical line. They work about some race traffic, but it's still a few seconds away. Neil Bonnet going out high near the wall. Now he cuts down one Parsons. Looks and looks, but he stays single file. Here they come down to the stripe, and it will be white flag for Neil Bonnet as he crosses the start-finish line. One lap to go. They shuffle off into the number one corner. Parsons goes after the lead in one. It will be a typical Daytona finish. Two cars glued together. Heavy traffic at turn one. Joe Milliken on the high side. Dale Earnhardt down low with Dick Brooks. Bonnet looks for racing room. He is looking to the low side. They come off turn two. Four cars directly ahead. Bonnet moves to the outside. Parsons is with him for the moment. Bonnet inside. They're moving in and out of the traffic. There goes Parsons trying to follow. They're going down on the inside of the traffic, but it's still Neil Bonnet out in front. Dicing their way through traffic. Neil Bonnet goes to the high side as he was tucked in behind Dale Earnhardt. Trying to make some running room as Benny Parsons can't find it. It's Neil Bonnet tucked in behind Dale Earnhardt back to the line. Ladies and gentlemen, here they come to the line. Bonnet dives down to the inside, and he will win the Firecracker 400 by four car lengths over Benny Parsons as they cross the stripe for the checkered flag. Earnhardt will finish second, Waltrip will finish third, and Richard Petty will finish fifth and on the grass as the checkered flag comes out Harry Gant runs completely off the racetrack as he comes down to the start finish line so, so winning, Neil Bonnet is your lead is your winner finishing in second is Benny Parsons Dale Earnhardt finishes in third Darrell Waltrip holds on to fourth and Richard Petty finishes fifth the 1979 firecracker 400 is history and the winner is Neil Bonnet now here's some current news involving you more and more, you're buying gasoline according to price rather than brand. There's nothing wrong with that if you know what you're getting. But millions of gallons of gasoline are sold.
cold daily without enough detergent additive to keep your carburetor as clean as it could be. New STP gas treatment improves the cleaning power of gasolines, leaded or unleaded. Pour a can of new STP gas treatment in with a full tank of gas, and it goes to work cleaning the carburetor. New STP gas treatment helps keep carburetors clean, too. New STP gas treatment also helps fight rust in the fuel system and helps keep intake valves and intake manifolds clean. So the next time you pump in the gas, dump in a can of new STP gas treatment. Because if you want to be sure these days, you've got to do it yourself. A very jubilant Wood Brothers Purolator Mercury team greets Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama in front of their pits. They'll be making their way to Victory Lane where Ned Jarrett is standing by. From Daytona International Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, here at the Daytona International Speedway, they're pulling the Purolator Mercury into Victory Lane, and let's go down to Ned Jarrett. He has pulled the car in here. Of course, Neil, a very hot individual. They want the chance to cool off for just a second. Now he's coming out of the car. He's a very happy young man, needless to say, but certainly he has driven his heart out here today. And you can hear the cheers in the background as Bonnet comes from the Pure Later Mercury. Some scars on the front of that car, the right front, where he got involved in that little altercation early in the event. But he survived that situation and came back, of course, to be here in Victory Circle today. We're making our way over to Neil now. We'll be getting a word with him. He is, uh, as we say, a very hot individual. Neil, sort of a hot day out there. Neil, it's plenty hot. The competition's pretty hot in itself. Kind of got, you know, the first race, I took a pretty wild ride down that back straightaway. Used up all the racetrack, you know, uh, Daryl had to dodge a blown motor, and I got backwards down the back straightaway. Did you think that that might be the end of it for you? I knew we missed a good chance to be out of it. Well, the car looked like it performed very well for you all day. Linwood, Glenn, all the boys on the crew, pure later team. It's one heck of a team to be a part of. Good year, good year champion, everybody. I can't think of them enough. Neil, you're ringing wet. Is this one of the hottest races that you've run? Neil, I've been in some pretty hot races. I've run 500-lap sportsman races. I've run everything, different kinds of long endurance races. This has got a rate right up there, you know. There's no time to breathe the car. I had to hang on, which in turn made the car run real hot temperature. And then when it got hot, it's like they turned the heater on on me inside. Did you get weak towards the end? Well, I don't know if I got weak. I sure was having a good time here. So uh, I figured I felt like they did a heck of a job in the pits. It's my time to do something on the racetrack. Well, he did it on the racetrack because he's sitting in victory circle. Well, Neil Bonnet is the winner. Benny Parsons, who finished in second in Barney Hall. Neil Bonnet, in the pure later tradition, used race traffic to his advantage with one lap to go, picked his way through, and it was a nifty move that I think gave him the victory and kept Parsons from any shot of maybe putting a last lap move. Well, the Wood Brothers' success continues here at Daytona. A record speed for Neil today at his win here at the Firecracker, 170. Oh, we have to check that, but at, at the 150 the mark, they were over 172. 100 the 172.88 miles per hour, and that will eclipse the oldest record here at Daytona International Speedway, and that was set by Cale Yarbrough as the world's fastest 400-mile Firecracker 400. Updating you on the winner of the Goodies Headache Award, Buddy Baker, who has won more than his share as it applies to Daytona and Talladega, gathers in another $250 from the Goodies Manufacturing people and a year's supply of headache powder, which may carry him all the way back to Speed Week's 1980, when again Baker will be looking for his first victory. He's always run so well here. Blackie Wangren, as Mike Joy reported in turn 
three in turn two when he spun. Wangren extricated himself from the machine, and Blackie is all right. It's been a hot day, a hectic day. We'll be giving you a lot of racing results from around the country as part of the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard. We'll also be talking about the All-Pro 200 National Championship Late Model Sportsman Race at South Alabama Motor Speedway in Op Alabama on Saturday, August 25th at 8 p.m. There's some racing going on this weekend out on the West Coast, and a story is a good call goes down to Chuck Bowne, who ran so well here today and ended up finishing back in the seventh position. Jim Bowne, the 19-year-old brother of Chuck Bowne, is the favorite for the Winston West Grand National Race in Portland, Oregon this afternoon. He outqualified David Pearson for the race one week ago. So Jim Bowne, a 19-year-old, is trying to follow in his brother's footsteps and take on a Winston West Championship. As we said, he's a favorite for the Winston West Grand National Race in Portland this afternoon. Joe Alloy has been working in the garage area. We are trying to locate Benny Parsons, a good, strong run for the MC Anderson Racing People. Zoom clutches, and they are one of the co-sponsors on the machine. Of course, the main sponsor is Griffin Marine. Those people based here in Daytona Beach, Florida, are all on hand to see what has to be. Maybe the coming around the corner for the MC Anderson Racing Team. That's the finest showing they've had all year as well. I think that team is coming together. Benny told us in our broadcast today that they have just not been able to put their finger on what it would take to get a win, and it looked like that he was going to come down and do it here today. But with the super maneuver that Bonnet put on the last couple of laps, it did not materialize for them. But nevertheless, the best run of the year for the MC Anderson crew. It's time for the Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard with racing results from around America and abroad. The Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard is brought to you by... The Simon Eyes Shine. There are shines, and there are Simon Eyes Shines. Today's Simon Eyes Liquid and Simon Eyes Presoft are two simple ways to get a great Simon Eyes Shine. For today's report, here's Jack Aroot. Well, all weekend here as part of the Independence Day holiday festivities, there's been all kinds of racing going on, but some of the greatest racing has been for the World Driving Championship held by Mario Andretti. It was the French Grand Prix in Epernay, France, and our MRN trackside correspondent was Anthony Marsh. The French Grand Prix at Dijon on Sunday provided one of the most exciting finishes that any of us can remember in Formula One racing. The fight over the last three laps for second place between Gilles Villeneuve from Canada in the Ferrari and the Frenchman René Arnoux in the Renault Elf Turbo was something else. Side by side into corners and out of corners, banging wheels, the Ferrari locking a rear brake with clouds of smoke, changing places on the straight and round corners at anything from 120 to 170 miles an hour. They provided the enormous and partisan French crowd with a tremendously thrilling finish. Even more exciting in its way for the French crowd was the fact that ahead of them, the winner was Jean-Pierre Jabouille with the turbocharged one-and-a-half-litre Renault. This is a historic victory for many reasons. It's the first time a big car manufacturer has won a Grand Prix with its own car since 1951, and it's the first time a turbocharged car has won a Grand Prix in, in, um, in Formula One racing. The... Uh, Fourth place went to Alan Jones, the Australian, who of course lives in California half the year, with his Williams. Jean-Pierre Jarrier, the Frenchman, the Tyrrell, was fifth, and the other Williams, driven by the Swiss Clay Regazzoni, was sixth. Both the Brabhams, Nicky Lauda and Piquet, crashed without injury to the driver. Schechter had trouble with tyres. Jackie Eakes, the current Can-Am champion leader, has joined Grand Prix racing to replace the injured Frenchman de Paillet, uh, but he had good a good practice, did well in practice, and then spun off on the warm-up lap when he got the gears mixed up, drove the spare car, and eventually retired with a blown engine. 
Mario Andretti had a bad weekend. The new Martini Lotus 80 is not developing right, and as Colin Chapman put it to me, they're digging themselves into some sort of an aerodynamic hole, and they're going to have to do a lot of rethinking to get Mario back at the top, and it's a bit late for the championship this year. K.O. Rosberg, the Finnish driver, who has replaced James Hunt in the Olympus Cameras Wolf team, also a prominent runner in this year's Can-Am Championship in the States, drove very, very well in his first race with this team and finally finished ninth. So a great French victory. Where better for the Renault Turbo to have its first victory than the French Grand Prix? The crowd went mad, and Jean-Pierre Jabouille and this little Renault team have worked so hard for so long to get this victory at their 18th attempt. They have 18th attempt, and the Renault team comes home in their favorite and that is the French Grand Prix. Skip Potter, who covers all of the activity in the Old Dominion State, filed this report on the Winston Racing Series action on those short tracks. Winston Racing around the state of Virginia this past weekend began Friday night at the Southside Speedway, where Tommy Ellis scored a tough victory over Roy Lee Hendrick, and third place, Bill Dennis, in a 100-lap feature there in Richmond. Wayne Patterson, who led throughout the first half of the race, slipped to fourth at the finish. Another victory for Tommy Ellis on Saturday night at the Langley Speedway, Ellis led all 50 laps, but won by just a car length over Billy Atkins. Billy Smith was third, followed by Wyman Buell. On Saturday night action at the South Boston Speedway, it was the Coca-Cola 200. The winner was veteran Ray Hendrick. Second place went to Sam Ard with Bosco Lowe third and Morgan Shepard finishing there in the fourth position. No event scheduled last Friday at the Franklin County Raceway, and it was rain for the Old Dominion Speedway on Saturday. Skip Potter from Virginia for the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard. At the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard, taking a look at modified racing action, Friday night at the Spencer Speedway, Mother Nature came up victorious and rained out the event. At the Stafford Springs Motor Speedway, it was the running of the annual Ferrara 100. Jeff Bodine, who has returned to New England to run in the modified competitors competition, came home victorious over Ron Bouchard and Satch Worley. Saturday night at Riverside and Islip Speedway, they fell victim to rain. At the Shangri-La Speedway in Owego, New York, Dave Coterie bested George Kent for the victory. At Catamount Stadium in Milton, Vermont, the late model sportsman event went to Hector Leclerc with Bobby Dragon finishing in second. Bobby Dragon came back in the modified half to finish third. Ed Flemke was second, and Jerry Cook was the winner. In the Tar Heel State in North Carolina, Jack Terry had a lot of racing activity to cover this past weekend. Friday night at the Asheville Motor Speedway, Roy Chatham picked up his first win of the season. Bosco Lowe finished second, and Tommy Houston third in the 100 lap event. At Traco Motor Speedway, Sam Hart picked up his ninth win at 15 starts this year by being victorious in the 75-lap event. He was followed at the finish by Ken Fogelman, Jay Hitchcock, Wallace Smith, and Gary Lord. Saturday night, heavy rains washed out Bowman Gray's twin 25-lap modified events. The rain delayed 200-lap national championship event in Hickory saw the fourth falcon of Tommy Houston take the win over Friday night's Huntsville, Alabama national championship event winner Butch Lindley with John Settlemyer third, Gene Glover fourth, and Donnie Bishop fifth. At Cowboy Speedway, Jimmy Hensley took his fifth track win over J. Hitchcock and Gerald Compton. Across the Carolina line at the Kingsport Speedway, it was Jack Ingram the winner in the 200-lap National Championship World Service Life Invitational. Second through fourth were Butch Lindley, Jimmy Hensley, Morgan Shepard, and Gene Glover. The top qualifiers for the night's Firecracker 300, NASCAR Doubleheader, Late Mile Sportsman and Modified Events at Caraway Speedway. Uh, in the Late Mile Sportsman, Jack Ingram, Sam R., Jimmy Hensley, Morgan Shepard, and Jay Hitchcock. Top five in the Modified are Paul Rutt, 
This is Jack Terry reporting for Salmon Eyes in North Carolina. Last night it was the midnight ride of Paul Revere here on the 3.84 mile road racing facility at Daytona International Speedway for the Winston GT cars of the International Motorsports Association. Charles Mendez of Tampa, Florida brought his turbo Porsche 935 out and ran consistently in second and third position, trading off those positions with David Hobbs in a turbo BMW. Meanwhile, up front and lengthening an advantage to well over one lap around this facility was Bill and Don Whittington's entry from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. With just five laps to go, however. Darting into turn one, Whittington's lost control of their car. It crashed into a retaining barrier and that gave Charles Mendez the lead as David Hobbs had retired with a burnt turbocharger in his BMW. So Mendez, who had seeked relief from Hurley Haywood and Haywood drove the final half of the race from Jacksonville, Florida, they came home victorious in the Paul Revere 250. Danny Ungayas of Costa Mesa, California and Ted Field of Newport Beach, California finished second. Peter Gregg, who had won the pole, limped home in his Brumos Porsche 935 to finish third. Phil Curran of Gainesville, Florida and the Barbecue Baron Corvette finished fourth. Francisco Lopez and Jorge Cortez brought their Botura Porsche Carrera home in the fifth position. Here this morning at the nation's largest Independence Day celebration, Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama continues to accept the victory laurels in victory lane, but for the man who finished second, and it was just a brilliant run, it's a disappointing trip to the garage area. And Joe Alloy can fill us in on the feelings of Benny Parsons after finishing second. And feelings that will be because because Benny is not able to come to the microphone. He's taking oxygen, sitting underneath the fan, and just bathing down in some cool water. I asked Benny about the race. He said he just couldn't get enough running room. He felt like he could beat and could be number one, but he said he just could not get around Neil. There wasn't enough running room. He said it's not the toughest race he ever drove. He said Talladega is always hotter. That's coming up real soon. And, of course, for Dale Earnhardt, he sat down with his pit crew, poured a bucket of water over his head and sat down under a fan just shaking his head. Really an exciting time down here in the garage for the second and third place car drivers. Finishing in fourth, one lap off the pace was Darrell Waltrip. Richard Petty finished fifth, two laps down. Sixth position went to Harry Gant with a rookie crew and a rookie competitor. A fine run for that Connecticut-based entry. In seventh spot was Chuck Bound and the Truckers of America Kings Mountain Special. That's number 68, finished seventh. Ricky Rudd and the Trucksmore Industry people came home in eighth position. Joe Milliken in the Appliance Wheels car finishes ninth. Dick Brooks in the Subtropic Tan Oldsmobile finished in tenth. A.J. Foyt in the Gilmore Broadcasting, number 50 finished in 11th. Bill Elliott was 12th. 13th spot went to Donnie Allison in the Hawaiian Tropic Chevrolet. Ty Scott's Russ Togg's machine finished 14th. 15th to Buddy Arrington. 16th to Terry Labonte who relieved Gary Ballou in the Fast Lane Limited car. 17th spot to Dave Marcus in the Shoney's Restaurant Chevrolet. In 18th position the United States Army machine was D.K. Ulrich. In 19th spot was the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet for James Hilton. Cale Yarbrough in the Bush Beer Oldsmobile from the Junior Johnson Stable finished in 20th, 21st to Blackie Wangren, and 22nd to Roger Hamby. Rick Newsom finished in 23rd. A new record speed, 2 hours, 18 minutes, and 49 seconds, eclipsing Cale Yarbrough's record and setting the new mark at 172.890 for the 400. Stay tuned to MRN for future editions of the Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard. Brought to you by the Simon Eyes Shine. There are shines, and there are Simon Eyes Shines. Today's Simon Eyes Liquid and Simon Eyes Pre-Soft are two simple ways to get a great Simon Eyes Shine.
Well, Jackie Ruth, this one had a little bit of everything here at Daytona, this Firecracker 400. Two points that we should point out. Cale Yarborough, who finished 20th, lost a little more ground in his bid for a fourth Winston Cup driving title, and Darrell Waltrip padded his lead over Bobby Allison when Allison had misfortune over in turn three. It has just been a phenomenal Winston Cup Grand National season, Barney Hall, from, as we said, when they dropped the green flag in Riverside, California, right here to our second and final visit to the birthplace of speed, Daytona International Speedway. Every race has had something for every everyone. We've seen it from Texas, we've seen it in Michigan, we've seen it on the short tracks at North Wilkesboro and Martinsville. And you've got to point to the second half of this season and just wonder, what more can you do? What can you have for an encore for the second half of this 31 race, $7 million season? Well, I think for the thousands of race fans around the United States, they can't wait to see them square off again. And our next stop will be where? At, at Nashville, Tennessee, I guess. The next stop for the Winston Cup Grand National competitors will be <coughs> the Bush Nashville 420 on Saturday night, July 14th. All of us will be with the MRN Broadcast Company covering the championship auto racing team champ car event from Michigan International Speedway. A.J. Foyt, of course, the United States Auto Club competitor that we saw in competition at Pocono International Raceway. But now we'll be talking about the likes of Tom Sneva, Jerry Sneva. Wally Dollenbach, Bobby Unser, Al Unser, they'll all be there at MIS and will be there on Sunday afternoon, July 15th. Then, of course, we all convene again with the MRN Broadcasting Company and the Winston Cup Grand National Brigade at the world's fastest track, Talladega, Alabama, for the running of the Talladega 500. And with what we've seen there in past years and now what we've seen at the sister track, Daytona International Speedway, I just don't know what we can expect when we get there on August 6th. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see right now. That just about wraps it up here at the Daytona International Speedway. A special thanks to Mike Joy in Turn 1, Hal Hamrick, who covered the action in the backstretch, Eli Gold in Turn 4, and Ned Jarrett and Joe Alloy in the pits and garage. A special thanks as well to our director, Martha Mew, our track historian, Patty Lumpkin, and Fred Krantz, who worked so admirably here on my left-hand side, keeping us abreast of the scoring, despite the fact that the scoreboard was down throughout the afternoon. Barney Hall for Jackie Root saying so long for the Motor Racing Network from Daytona Beach, Florida. From Daytona International Speedway in Daytona Beach, Florida, this has been the MRN Broadcasting Company's coverage of the Firecracker 400. The executive producer of MRN Broadcasting is Jack Aru. Associate producer, Mike Joy. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Director of Section Relations, Mary Norman. Director, Martha Mew. All personnel are employees overpaid by the MRN Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the broadcast of the Norton Twin 200 from Michigan International Speedway on Sunday, July 15th. This broadcast was a presentation of the MRN Broadcasting Company, a division of International Speedway Corporation. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches.